Welcome into a brand new week of the show covering everything Southern. This is the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Hope y'all had a fantastic weekend. We're going to kind of walk through what many of you did this last couple of days as it was it, it kind of felt like a holiday weekend. You know what? It was a holiday weekend. It was kind of a double holiday weekend. We had the very first National Juneteenth observation going on over the weekend. And then we had maybe, to many of you, a kind of a much bigger deal on Sunday. It was Father's Day. And with that in mind, today on the Y'all Show, we're going to talk about both of those days from the weekend with our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. He'll be on Today, we're going to push him back. He is going to be on in hour number three to talk about things to talk pole and beyond. And again, getting his take on what happened with Juneteenth and with Father's Day 2021. That's coming up in hour three today. And the reason we're making that push of Jerry to hour three from hour two or his normal landing spot here on this Monday, y'all show, we got an extremely, extremely special guest that will be with us here at the Y'all Show in hour number two. And I'll try to leak out just a little bit more information as we get through this first hour of who our very special guest is going to be. I think you're going to enjoy who we're going to have in here as it's going to be just groundbreaking broadcasting journalism whenever we get to hour two of today's Y'all Show. But before we get to hour two, we still got a lot of good stuff coming in hour number one here of the show that covers everything we've got headlines we've got some tragic news from across the south deadly deadly horrible car wreck in alabama caused by claudette deadly crashes on the highways in south carolina and arkansas i'll give you the latest on both of those tragic accidents that have taken many many lives a tragic tubing accident in north carolina that has cost at least four lives there Just a rough weekend here across the southeast. A lot of it caused by the weather, but other just tragic incidents of driving that we'll share with you news and notes as we work through this Monday Y'all Show. Also in our headlines of today's Y'all Show, Atlanta's Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. She's blaming the city's crime spike on Republicans. What are you talking about? There's also in Louisiana... Watch out. Don't go cutting down a cypress tree. There's a new law in effect that protects the beautiful cypress trees along the coast and around throughout Louisiana. I'll let you know about that. Plus, we have a report about the well-being. An annual report ranks the states around the country, and we'll tell you where your state is in this ranking of the well-being of children of the country. And many of the southern states are at the bottom of this list, and I'll share with you all of that information. If you ever are in the Dallas area in October, you have the State Fair of Texas. Sad news there, the funnel funnel cake queen of the State Fair of Texas, Wanda Fernie Winter, has died. I'll share with you information on that. Plus, news out of Memphis as Jerry the King Lawler played his final softball game after 40 years of putting on a softball game in the memphis area i'll explain what the decision was plus morgan freeman back in the news it looks like he and the current miss alabama are besties at least best friends from a food standpoint i'll explain as we walk through our news headlines 
in today's Y'all Show. Then we also have some sports headlines. How about two teams from the South that are doing quite well, at least one in the NBA, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks with a surprise win in the NBA playoffs in the semifinals, and the Hawks move on to take on the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then when I tell you about what's going on with the NBA from the Southern thing, I'm not really talking about the Southeast. We're talking about Southwest. The Phoenix Suns also in the Western Conference Finals, and they're taking on the Clippers, and they end up having a one-game lead in that. I'll let you know about NBA action. I'll also discuss what's going on in terms of football and sad news out of college baseball as a college baseball player from George Mason has died following Tommy John surgery. I'll let you know who that young man was. And also an update from Omaha, a fantastic performance by most of the Southern teams. And we will let you know the schedule for the College World Series today as there will be two games taking place there from TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha. All that is part of our sports coverage. And before Hour 1 is over with today, we're going to have a Southern History Showcase. And today we mark the birthday of West Virginia. West Virginia celebrates its birthday. And did you realize that West Virginia, maybe legally, shouldn't even exist? (laughs) We'll walk through all of that in our history showcase here. Also, we've got a couple of Southerners with big birthdays that we honor this week, including Audie Murphy, the great acting guy, but got famous because of what he did during World War II, the most decorated World War II soldier who then took that fame and went to Hollywood and then died tragically in an airplane crash in Virginia. Audie Murphy, born this week, will explain his Southern history role and more as part of our tribute to Southern history here in hour number one. All that right here on Talk With a Southern Accent. If you want to get involved, we welcome your input. Our number is 803-816-1170. We have an email address, and it is mail, M-A-I-L, mail at y'all.com. And don't forget, we can be found on our website. It is y'all.com. It is the South's homepage, and you can go right now. I was quite busy, although we didn't produce y'all shows over the weekend. Yours truly was very active in putting up stories and videos and more. I think I've got up at least five or six brand new things at y'all.com you need to go check out, from home improvement to learning about how you can breathe easier with clean air, and, of course, some great stuff up there in terms of music and even our Takapola Storyteller's got a video interview up at y'all.com. Check it out. It's absolutely free, and don't forget to go find y'all.com on facebook and follow our page there we appreciate all the support as we are up and going again with a whole new week of talk with a southern accent and we couldn't do it without you guys we couldn't do it without y'all looking at our news headlines today claudette talk about coming out of nowhere we kind of barely mentioned this thing last week that the possibility of a storm coming from the gulf was was there this thing strengthened and came ashore the coast of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, as a tropical storm, and now at least 13 deaths attributed to Claudette as it pounded these areas and brought flooding and power outages and more across the Gulf South. And again, the most tragic case was a car crash in Alabama. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this crash that killed 
several children, ages 4 to 17, all part of a Tallapoosa County girls' ranch that was operated by the Alabama Sheriff's Association. Just a real awful scene. More on that in just a second. But again, this thing has caused deaths in several states as Claudette moved across the southeast over the weekend. Now, again, on Interstate 65, between uh, about halfway between Montgomery and Mobile, not far from Greenville, Alabama, you had a awful wreck on Saturday afternoon. This happened around 2.30, and it happened between mile markers 137 and 138 on I-65. That is, again, between Greenville, Alabama, and I think there's another town, but I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you it's between Greenville and Montgomery. And you had a, a van carrying all these children that ended up causing the death of nine children and one adult killed when a father and his nine-month-old daughter in one vehicle killed eight other minors in the Tallapoosa County Girls Ranch vehicle killed in this wreck. Again, those ages between four and 17 years old. And it looks like the car was affected by the flood or rainwater, at least, on Interstate 65. And so, uh, one of the vehicles hydroplaned, and that caused just, just a terrible accident there on Interstate 65. A just fiery crash right near a creek over the Interstate 65 bridge areas where this was, and a, a loss of life. Now, if you have ever heard of the Boys and Girls Ranches of Alabama, those are very noble efforts. They help out with essentially children who've been left behind, children who've not, they have no parents. And these youth ranches are amazing, amazing things. And here was a case of a van of youth ranch kids heading south. I'm going to just assume they either were going to the beach or heading back from the beach as, again, they were traveling. And two of the kids killed in that crash of the youth the the uh, the youth uh, group whatever the technical name was the girls ranch two of the kids killed were actually the children of the person driving the van who were not members of the girls ranch they were just going along for the ride and actually the chaperone the worker of that girls ranch was one of the survivors one of the few survivors from this terrible terrible wreck that that person lost two children in this crash and the other kids killed were actual members of the the girls ranch there in the Tallapoosa County area which is in North Alabama I think and this absolute devastation here nine children one adult killed in Butler County Alabama from this past weekend and rainwater from Claudette likely a cause of why the van hydroplane on Saturday afternoon more tragedy across the southeast. Five Arkansans have died after a crash on Highway 112 in LaFleur County, Arkansas. According to an Oklahoma crash summary, I'm sorry, LaFleur County, Oklahoma is where this happened, but there was a crash that involved several people from Arkansas, and five people pronounced dead at the scene about two miles south of Cameron, Oklahoma. A 42-year-old man, Aaron Gamble, and his son, Landry, among those killed. Mr. Gamble was the principal at Greenwood High School in Arkansas. Also killed, 76-year-old Charles Drushaw, 53-year-old Jill Drushaw, both of Fort Smith, Arkansas, 
and a 15-year-old female from Fort Smith also killed in this accident. A report stating that a Jeep Cherokee was traveling northbound on Highway 112 when the vehicle went left of the center line and struck the southbound vehicle head-on. And we have the loss of life of five people there in Oklahoma, but five Arkansans dead in this crash in LaFleur County, Arkansas, from the weekend. To the Palmetto State and outside of Georgetown, South Carolina, three people have died as an SUV and a bus collide in this coastal South Carolina community. Three people dying, according to local authorities there. An SUV hit a Williamson County Transit bus near Georgetown, and three people have died as a result of that in Georgetown County, South Carolina. Just an awful, awful, deadly, deadly weekend on the highways of the southeast. Now to North Carolina, and more tragedy from that state, four tubers have now been found in a North Carolina river. A deadly accident as the Rockingham County Sheriff's Office in Eden, North Carolina, confirmed that this latest child, a seven-year-old named Isaiah Crawford, his body was the fourth found in a tubing accident in the Dan River. Another tuber is currently missing, a 35-year-old woman. But yes, this happened near the North Carolina-Virginia state line over the weekend as several several kids went tubing and while floating down the river something went awry and four of these tubers now have drowned. The group went over a dam there on the Dan River that's about eight foot high next to a Duke energy plant and experts say that such low head dams are notorious for trapping people in the powerful current that churns at their base and here we have at least four and possibly a fifth person confirmed dead after going out what was supposed to be a fun excursion on the Dan River on the North Carolina-Virginia line, and it turns out to be a complete disaster from this past weekend. Mm. Our thoughts with all those traffic accident victims as well as the tubing accident victims across the southeast this past weekend. Now to our friends in the South, and these are Southerners, sort of. They're American citizens. That's the main thing. Have you heard about the U.S. Virgin Islands? We haven't given you a report on the USVI lately, but yes, a power company on St. John, Puerto Rico, or San Juan, Puerto Rico, rather, that covers St. John, the island of USVI, as well as St. Thomas. Officials said an an outage there occurred at the end of last week when a key power plant lost all generation capacity for unknown reasons. And as a result of that, you would not have wanted to be on St. John or St. Thomas in the last couple of days. More than 51,000 people without power, according to the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority. And they weren't sure when exactly it would be restored. It's hot down there this time of year in the Virgin Islands. Beautiful place, but it is scorching and without power. And the power company, again, with a complete blackout on both St. John and St. Thomas. St. Thomas is the U.S. territory's most populated island, and they're trying to work very, very tough. And this was not even caused by a storm passing through the area of the USVI. So I want to keep them, although no loss of life that I can report, thankfully, tough, tough couple of days there 
in the Virgin Islands. The mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottom, in the news is she is blaming the city's crime spike on Republican-led the reopening of both her city and the state of Georgia as Governor Brian Kemp began easing COVID-19 restrictions, COVID-19 restrictions back in March. And now the mayor coming out and criticizing Georgia's governor and Republican state officials and ask if officers have been hesitant to respond to crime amid heightened tensions of the past year. Bottoms countered that by saying absolutely not. As she said, according to a report with Stephanie Rule on MSNBC, Mayor Bottoms said, remember in Georgia we were opened up before the rest of the country, even before the CDC said that it was safe for us to open so our nightclubs and our bars remained open so we had people traveling here from across the country and partying in our city. And again, Georgia, with the ease of COVID-19 restrictions back in March, and that followed states like Texas and Mississippi, which also opened up. Now, compared to 2020, the city of Atlanta, murders are up 58%, and that's even with lockdowns going on for most of that time period. And there were 157 homicides in Atlanta in 2020, and in 2019, 99. So what is that, 58 more people dead in Atlanta in that one year. So some more things going between Mayor Bottoms and Governor Kemp. In fact, Governor Kemp has responded on his social media, at Governor Kemp, and he wrote, over the weekend according to the mayor rising crime in our capital city is everyone's fault but hers getting georgians back to work back to school and back to normal didn't lead to more crime the left's anti-police soft on crime agenda is to blame a harsh harsh criticism of mayor bottoms coming from georgia's governor another battle in atlanta it appears going on between the mayor's office And the governor's mansion, which, if you know anything about Georgia, (laughs) that governor's office is right there in Atlanta. Better be careful not being very neighborly there, are they? We've got more headlines from across the southeast we will continue covering. So stick around. We've got y'all talk with an accent loaded up coming at you here as we get this Monday off and going in a big, big fashion. Y'all is coming right back. Here comes my favorite part from Mary Chavin Carpenter. Here we go. 
All right. Something like that. I don't speak Cajun, but I sure love the Cajun lifestyle. Hey, it is y'all talk with a southern accent. And we're here broadcasting to our great Louisiana residents, our Cajuns, our folks all across the southeast. And we've got some news coming from Louisiana here as we start back with our headlines across the southeast today. There's now protections in Louisiana to protect Louisiana's cypress trees as Governor John Bell Edwards signing into law a new law banning the harvesting of cypress trees on more than a million acres of Louisiana state land. And oh, those majestic, iconic, bald cypress trees, which you find in Louisiana and a lot of our southern states, are just incredible. I am a huge fan of those cypress trees, especially if they got a lot of that Spanish moss dripping from them. But yes, Representative Neil Reiser sponsored the bill in Louisiana's state legislature, and this won unanimous passage in both the Louisiana House and Senate, and we now are going to be able to protect more cypress trees in the Pelican State. The new law does not apply to cypress trees growing on privately owned land. Cypress trees grow throughout Louisiana swamps and can have lifespans, hey, a little bit longer than ours, a cypress tree's lifespan of usually more than a thousand years. The bald cypress was named Louisiana's official state tree in 1963. And so don't go trying to get those bald cypress trees cut. Stay away from Louisiana, George Washington. You're not going to be able to cut down these trees. (laughs) But wonderful protection there coming for the cypress trees of Louisiana. Alabama and other states are ranked pretty, pretty low in a new report on the well-being of children. A foundation called 2021 Kids Count has released a data book that tracks 16 indicators across four larger categories, health, education, economic well-being, and family community. The foundation has produced this data book since way back in 1990. And so I'm going to report now the findings in this measure of child well-being in this report, 2021 Kids Count, that's been released by the Annie E. Casey Foundation. Where does your state rank? Well, if you're in the South, it's not looking too good on the well-being of children. A state-to-state comparison over the overall child well-being around the country, almost every southern state is toward the bottom. The number one state is Massachusetts, followed by New Hampshire and Minnesota. The highest-ranking southern state is number 13, Virginia, on the well-being of children, according to this survey. Virginia is 13. The next highest southern state would be Maryland at 24. That followed by the state of Missouri at 30. North Carolina is at 34. Florida checks in at 35. Tennessee is the 36th state. Again, this is a ranking of the child well-being as part of a 2021 Kids Count data book put out by the Annie E. Casey Foundation. And again, this is based on the health, the education, the economic well-being, and the family and community of children. 
and this is where this data comes from. Following Tennessee at 36, Kentucky is number 37. Then a heaping helping of southern states are in the last back quarter of this ranking. Georgia is 38. Arkansas is 39. South Carolina is 41. The number 42 state, again, in the child well-being rankings is Oklahoma. Alaska is 43. West Virginia is 44. Nevada is 45. Texas checks in at 46. Alabama, 47th. Louisiana is 48th. New Mexico, 49th. And number 50 is the state of Mississippi. Again, this is the 2021 Kids Count report that tracks 16 indicators across four larger categories, health, education, economic well-being, and family and community. And this measures the child well-being put out by the Annie E. Casey Foundation if you want to go look more into the 2021 Kids Count report that has just been released. A lot of those numbers aren't very good for many of our southern states. If you've ever been to the State Fair of Texas, you've likely had a funnel cake. Oh, we love our funnel cakes at state fairs across the south, but especially at the one in Dallas, if you've ever had a chance to go there. And a State Fair of Texas legend, the so-called funnel cake queen, has died as her family has announced the death of Wanda Fernie Winters, also known, again, as the Funnel Cake Queen. She's got a social media account, Fernie's Funnel Cakes, and it put out over the weekend. It is with heavy hearts that we announce the passing of our beloved mother and treasured Mimi, Wanda Fernie Winter. She was a light in this world, and we will continue to carry her flame within us. She will be deeply missed by all who knew and loved her. Funeral Arrangements pending again a fixture at the state fair of texas for decades and evidently she started bringing funnel cakes to the fair park in the early 1980s and she evidently according to many who devoured her funnel cakes at the texas state fair perfected them never had one never had one Never been to the State Fair of Texas personally, but I know a lot of you, especially our Texas listeners, certainly have enjoyed that. Of course, the big event there at the State Fair of Texas isn't necessarily the fair. It's right across the street when you have the Red River Shootout. Oklahoma and Texas getting together for a little college football game as part of that same celebration in downtown Dallas. Oh, and it'll be going big in just a few months but unfortunately you won't be able to get one of them delicious funnel cakes from the funnel cake lady there at the state fair of texas now to the nation's capital area for a story a slave owned by george washington honored over the weekend at george washington's mount vernon as folks gathered over the weekend to honor ona judge a slave owned by the nation's first president and the father of the country, and Ona Judge fled to freedom when George Washington was president, fled to freedom in 1796. Now, over the weekend, the historical marker at Mount Vernon unveiled honoring 
Mr. Judge, and it was honored on Juneteenth, as that was the holiday just started to honor the emancipation of slaves in Galveston, Texas, at the end of the war in 1865. And here at Mount Vernon, a historical marker unveiled for a guy who fled to freedom when he was still a slave, and his master was the president's the president of the United States at that time, who, if you know anything about history, he freed his slaves, George Washington, that is, but not till he died. So I guess three years later, this guy would have been freed anyway, but right there at Mount Vernon, which is a incredible place to visit. I'm fortunate enough that I got to go there as a very young child, and I've been back at least twice as a, well, I actually went as a very young child, followed by a teenager. No, I wasn't even a teenager. I was about 13. I went there when I was headed to the National Boy Scout Jamboree at Fort A.P. Hill, Virginia, and we all went and toured Mount Vernon. Then I made it back there just a few years ago. So I've, I've, I've had the chance to go to Mount Vernon. It is a beautiful place just downstream from the nation's capital there on the Virginia side of the Potomac River. And, and there you find... Good old wooden tooth George Washington's burial plot and his incredible estate, Mount Vernon. And now if you go there, you're going to see this marker honoring a former slave, Ona Judge. O-N-A is his first name. And he's got a marker there to remember his life there when visitors go to Mount Vernon in Virginia. We'll take a break. We've got more Virginia area history that we're going to get to before the hour's up as West Virginia celebrates a birthday here this week. And I'll tell you how West Virginia came to be. And there's some controversy over the mountain state. Oh, goodness. What in the world could that possibly be? We'll have info on that. But when we come back, a Southern sports update, the NBA playoffs, a big shocking weekend on the hard court. Also, an update from Omaha as a couple of Southern teams had very, very good weekends there at the College World Series. We will be right back with more of the show that it is truly all about the South. And the Y'all Show is back with you here on a Monday as we get you ready for the week of all things Southern. I'm John Rawl, and don't forget, at the start of the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to have a very special guest in with us, and I'll just go ahead and announce who it is. It's Miss Pam, and Miss Pam is about as Southern as it comes, and we're going to have a great time with Miss Pam and hour two so hang on for that and you can get to learn so much more about her and she'll hopefully brighten up your day then we're going to really have our day brightened in hour three when jerry short the taco polo storyteller is back on with us to share with us some thoughts from the weekend all that is coming up here as the y'all show continues and we're continuing on with hour number one here of the y'all show let's tell you a little bit of 
what's going on in the southern sports world. And first of all, how about those Atlanta Hawks pulling off a shocker, in my opinion, Game 7 over the weekend. They're able to knock off the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Hawks on Sunday advance into the Eastern Conference Championship. They will take on a very, very good Milwaukee Bucks team, which also, in my opinion, pulled off a little bit of a shocker over the weekend as they got the series win over the Brooklyn Nets. The Hawks with the 103-96 victory and just a big, big win. The second time in the history of this franchise, at least while it's been in Atlanta, to play in an Eastern Conference Finals. And it's been many, many years. I guess in the Dominique Wilkins days is when the Hawks last played for a Eastern Conference title. They have never played in the NBA Finals. This franchise has only won the NBA Finals once, and that was back in the 50s when the St. Louis Hawks defeated the Boston Celtics around 1957-58. I was actually researching the franchise over the weekend. Did not realize that this team, its very first name, the Atlanta Hawks, was actually the Buffalo Bisons. And they left Buffalo and ultimately settled for several years. They moved around some, but they ended up being in the Tri-Cities. Now it's called the Quad Cities, but at that time, the Tri-Cities, and that would be Moline, Illinois, and Davenport, Iowa, and one other town over there. And uh, they were then called the Tri-Cities, hmm, something, something Hawks, Mountain Hawks maybe? Uh, and then they dropped the name, the part of that name, whenever they moved down to St. Louis and became the St. Louis Hawks. And that's where they want to an NBA championship in the 50s before ultimately moving to Atlanta in the late 60s and just being known as the Atlanta Hawks. And now for the second time, this franchise finds itself playing in an Eastern Conference Finals. Wish them the best of luck. Now, on the Western side over the weekend, they actually have kicked off or tipped off, if you will, for NBA words. They have tipped off the Western Conference Finals and Phoenix with the 120-114 victory Sunday over the Clippers, they take a 1-0 series lead into the week with that. This week on Tuesday, you got Clippers and Suns back together for Game 2. That's going to be taking place from Phoenix Suns Arena on Tuesday starting at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ESPN. Then your Eastern Conference Finals tips off on Wednesday when Atlanta makes its way to 5-serve Forum in Milwaukee. It's the Hawks and the Bucks. Two teams most people thought would never actually be playing for an Eastern Conference title. And here you have it. We're going to have this season. And I'm happy about this because I'm not the world's biggest NBA fan, not that you care. But I bet a lot of you out there aren't exactly the world's biggest NBA fans either. This year, you're guaranteed to have a non-superstar team be your NBA champion because even the L.A. team is not the L.A. team most thought would be playing in an NBA Finals. That's if the Clippers can come back and win their series against the Suns. So how about a possible Phoenix versus Atlanta NBA Finals? That's He's not exactly what those who are looking for the big ratings in NBA world kind of had drawn up. But I love it. It's good good to see some of these teams get an opportunity and some uh, much-needed attention across the sports media world as the NBA playoffs continuing on. How about this meeting of the minds? NASCAR meets 
the NFL as New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara has now become a spokesperson of sorts for the National Association of Stock Car Racing. And he is tasked with trying to grow and engage new opportunities and partnerships with NASCAR, the running back for the Saints, with a new job title. On Sunday, NASCAR announced this partnership with Kamara, who will work with the sanctioning body in a newly formed growth and engagement advisor role. Kamara will work with NASCAR leadership on what's being called strategic planning and creative opportunities that support its fan development efforts. Didn't realize Alvin Kamara was going to moonlight as a NASCAR PR guy, (laughs) but it appears what he's doing. Maybe NASCAR is getting a little weirded out by this kind of startup competition that's now airing on CBS on Saturday nights. And and so and Tony Stewart and some other greats of NASCAR are involved in that. Michael Waltrip, I know, is racing in this new startup. And they raced this past weekend, NASCAR, in Nashville. And perhaps Kamara could have been there. I'm not I'm not totally sure where where he might have been for the weekend to announce this thing, but NASCAR stepping up its game to try to get some attention from all walks of life and something tells me if Kamara's involved they're trying to get the more youthful and maybe the minority influence on the NASCAR world to get more eyeballs and interest and we do have an update from NASCAR from the past weekend as they race for the first time in a long long time in Nashville and Kyle Larson won his fourth race in seven days as he got a victory in Nashville at the Cup debut at Nashville Super Speedway. And this big win for Kyle Larson was right between his million-dollar victory in the All-Star Race at Texas last Sunday and now winning in Nashville. I think he's kind of on a hot streak. Larson had a lead in 264 of the 300 laps at Nashville for the raceway at the event there which is technically kind of between Murfreesboro and Lebanon where the Nashville Super Speedway is located but congratulations to Kyle Larson with the big victory from the weekend now to some mm, feuding if you will going on between some college football conferences as the director of the AAC American Athletic Conference is Mike Oresco and he is calling the fact of some people guaranteeing each Power 5 champion a college football playoff berth a step in the wrong direction. And in a statement released at the end of the week by outgoing Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott, AAC Commissioner Oresco said on Saturday that guaranteeing each Power 5 conference champion a spot in this potential 12-team playoff format would be, as he said, an enormous step in the wrong Direction, As the AAC commissioner said that the Pac-12 was the only conference to raise the issue in this past week at the two-day college football playoff meetings that were held in Chicago, where all 10 FBS commissioners met to formally review a proposal for a 12-team format. And after the meetings, the commissioner of the Pac-12, Larry Scott, released a statement saying the Pac-12 supports expansion of the CFP and believes that the Autonomy Five champions should annually qualify for the CFP. And the AAC guy fires back saying, 
saying he didn't have see why there didn't sense any other traction for it and he thinks it's a step in the wrong direction maybe to guarantee these five big conferences a automatic spot for their champion it looks like college football the playoffs at least is going to expand and tension if you will going on between some of the directors of these conferences as they met in the windy city over the weekend to some college baseball news and some tragic news as a member of the george mason baseball program has died at the age of 20 sang who bake who was a native of salisbury maryland he died over the weekend after tommy john surgery having complications from the surgery george mason on twitter put out a statement saying that the mason family mourns the loss of baseball student athlete sang who bake Sang will be remembered for his positive attitude, determination, and love for the game. We extend our thoughts to Sang's family, teammates, friends, and all who knew him. Again, this young man, a Maryland native, a player for the George Mason College baseball team, evidently a pitcher as he had this Tommy John surgery. As a high school player for James M. Bennett High School in Salisbury, which is on the eastern shore of Maryland, He helped his school win a baseball championship, a state championship in Maryland back in 2019. And he recently completed his freshman season at George Mason. And he appeared in seven games for the George Mason Patriots, making his career, his debut collegiate career against University of Maryland, Baltimore County back on March 12th. And again, this young man dying after Tommy John surgery. I'm sure this has happened before, but this is the first I've ever heard of anybody dying from complications of Tommy John surgery, a very common operation for pitchers in the sport of baseball to try to get back on the mound, named after a former major league great in Tommy John. Now to the college baseball world of what's going on now in Omaha, Nebraska. Some big scores from the weekend and some surprises How about the NC State Wolfpack on Saturday? They got things going at the College World Series in Omaha with a 10-4 victory over the Stanford Cardinal and Coach Avent's Wolfpack advance. Also on Saturday, long game. It went to 12 innings, but in the end, the SEC's Vanderbilt Commodores just got past Arizona with a walk-off win, 7-6. Vandy moves on in the College World Series. On Sunday, more action from Omaha as Virginia blanked Tennessee 6 nothing. A great win for the Hoos in that first game on Sunday. And then it was a nail-biter on Sunday evening at TD Ameritrade. And congratulations to the Cowbell Clingers as Mississippi State with a 2-1 victory over the Texas Longhorns in Game 4 of the College World Series. What's on tap today? If you want to tune in and shoot check out what's going on with the college world series you can tune in starting this afternoon on espnu they've got the losers bracket game one of these pac-12 teams will be heading home their season done if they lose this one between stanford and arizona that's set for a three eastern two central start then tonight on espn the mothership it's going to be the winner's bracket game between vanderbilt and nc state great action going on at the college world series we're proud to tell you a little bit about it also in the world of sports from the weekend congratulations to spaniard john rom he picks up his very first open as he wins his very first major he wins the u.s open 
in dramatic form with two birdies on holes 17 and 18. And he's just good enough to get past South African golfer Louis Oosthuizen. And finishing third was Tennessee native, Georgia native, UGA alum Harris English finish number three. Harris studied at Baylor School in Chattanooga. Therefore, he's kind of a, a Tennessee kid with Georgia roots and has that UGA degree as well. But that is what happened over the weekend. Rom wins his very first major in the sport of golf. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we will continue on with this first hour. We'll look at Southern history as we're going to salute the Mountain State as it celebrates a birthday this week. And I'll tell you some of the controversy about West Virginia even becoming a state. And we remember great Southerners like Audie Murphy, born this week. We'll have all that coming up when the Y'all Show continues. We are Talk with a Southern Accent. And don't forget, just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Miss Pam. And we're going to just brighten up your day when she shows up here. This is Talk with a Southern Accent, and we'll be right back. Since you turn the tables on me, I've been steady learning, Lord. Keeping this turntable spinning, everything from Jones to Jennings. Slowly planning my survival in a three foot stack of vinyl. Since you had to walk out of here, I've been having a record year. I bet you thought before you left. I just sit in silence by myself Turn this house into jail Dying slow in a living hell But love's got a funny way of keeping score And you're leaving lit up my scoreboard I usually make it through Saturday sober All bets are off when I flip her over One bourbon, one scotch, one beer I'm having a record year That's a pretty good song right there from Eric Church we are the Y'all Show, wrapping up this first hour of Talk About the South. And Eric, I'm sorry, you're good. I like that song, but actually it would be a little bit more fitting here as we start out our tribute to the Southern history to wrap up this first hour. If we scoot over from this North Carolinian and actually play a tune made famous by a Texas Tech University alumnus, and this guy, to my knowledge, has no connection to the Mountain State, but boy, was this song here going to be forever linked to him and this is again take me home country roads from john denver and i'll tell you why i'm playing this in just a second but enjoy mr denver virginia blue ridge mountains shenandoah river life is older older than the trees younger than the mountains Growing like a breeze, country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. Mountain mama, take me home. 
All righty. This week marks West Virginia's 35th admittance into the United States. They were the 35th state admitted to the Union on June 20th, 1863, as the Mountain State became a United States state. But it didn't come without controversy. Do you know much about how West Virginia became a state? Well, if you go back and look up the date, June 20th of 1863, hey, wasn't that right in the middle of the Civil War? Yeah, it was. So how in the world did a portion of a Confederate state known as Virginia end up seceding from Virginia and becoming its own state? How could that be? Well, it happened, and I'll explain as best I can thanks to an article penned some years ago by West Virginian Preston Williams. West Virginia, the state that said no, is the name of this article. It was formed, it's the only state formed because of the American Civil War. As the North and South were fighting, so were the West and Eastern portions of the Commonwealth of Virginia. As the two regions at that time formed a single state in name, but not in geography, economy, climate, or the descent of its residents or a way of life. And so there'd always been this kind of controversy and or resentment going on within the borders of the the Commonwealth of Virginia prior to the division of the state. About 80% of West Virginia's streams flow west to the Mississippi River, not east to the Chesapeake Bay, as in Virginia. I didn't realize that. There's kind of a continental divide within the state of Virginia, and therefore West Virginians really did feel like they were a whole different state. So the Civil War comes, and I think two-thirds of that portion of the state of West Virginia sided with the Union, and along the way they decided to create a new Virginia, and you had a division of the state that happened during the Civil War. But there was a big problem, and that problem was the United States Constitution does not allow a new state to be formed without the consent of the original state. And with West Virginia trying to leave the Union, or with Virginia rather, the other part, the old part, leaving the Union, West Virginia, their delegates formed a reorganized government of Virginia, and it was recognized by President Abraham Lincoln as the official government of Virginia. The government granted itself permission to form the state of West Virginia, and Lincoln reluctantly approved statehood for this area, and it became official on June 20th. 1863. Lincoln stated, It is said the admission of West Virginia is secession and tolerate only because it is our secession. Well, if we can call it by that name, there is still difference enough between secession against the Constitution and secession in favor of the Constitution. Okay, that the statement, it doesn't matter. West Virginia became a state this week in 1863. Congratulations to the Mountain State for seceding from your own state to perform the 35th state in the good old U.S. of A. This week also marks the birth of Arthur Middleton of Charleston, South Carolina, and he was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence as he lived his entire life in the Charleston area, and his resting place is a fantastic tourist attraction if you're ever in Charleston, Middleton Place right on the Dorchester County area on the Ashley River north of Charleston. It's where you'll find Middleton Place, a unbelievable spot there, the plantation of, one again, of one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, Arthur Middleton of the great state of South Carolina. 
This week also marks the birth of Mildred J. Hill. Mildred J. Hill was born in Louisville, Kentucky, back in 1859. Now, who in the heck is Mildred J. Hill? She was a songwriter and a musicologist, and she wrote a song called Good Morning to All that ultimately became the melody for a song you've probably never heard of, a song called Happy Birthday to You. (laughs) Mildred J. Hill, did you have any idea that song had a connection to here in the Southeast? To a lady that excelled in the world of sports, Babe what is her actual last name? I think it is a Greek name, so bear with me. Babe Zaharias, born in Port Arthur, Texas in 1911, and she was a big-time player on the LPGA. She won 48 times, turning professional in 1947. She won the Western Open, the Title Holders Championship, and the U.S. Open for women. She won that three times. She's in the World Golf Hall of Fame. She died of colon cancer in 1945, rather in 1956, at the age of 45 in Galveston. But Babe Zaharias, a great golfer from the 1950s, born this week. Another Texan born this week. On June 20th, 1925, Audie Leon Murphy, born and born in Kingston, Texas. And, of course, he went on to be the most decorated Army and soldier member of the military in World War II and ended up becoming a big star and was part of many movies, including his own biography about serving in World War II. Audie Murphy died at the age of 45 in 1971 when his plane crashed in Virginia. But we remember the great Audie Murphy here this week, a great Southerner, and this is all part of our Southern History Spotlight of the Y'all Show. We've had some great ones through the years, and here this week we, we honor all of them with our Southern History Spotlight. We've got a whole nother hour of the show that's all about the South. Coming to you next, stay tuned. Miss Pam is joining us, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Talk with a Southern accent. That's what we do here on the Y'all Show, and we'll be back right after this with hour number two. We're the show that covers everything Southern. I'm John Rawl. Welcome back to hour number two here on this Monday. And we got a very, very awesome hour planned out for you. We'll give you a quick update on some headlines. But to help us throughout the hour, we got, I think this lady's pretty Southern. Her name is Miss Pam and she's on here. Hello and welcome to the Y'all Show. Well, thank you. I'm just so glad to be here. Hey, everybody. How are y'all doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to tell you how I know Pam. And we're going to have a good time. And she hopefully will do what she's done for me in the times that I've been around her before. She's made me feel good. She's made me feel really good on, on some rough days. She's got a really positive spirit. And sometimes, especially when it's a Monday, we need a little uplift. So you can help us with that, right? Oh, yes, I sure will. I'm so excited. You are? (laughs) Yes. Well, we are too. And if you want to call and get some advice or help, you know, Pam, help you through the days, do that. Our number, 803-816-0111. 
1170. It is so easy to call or text us here at Talk with a Southern Accent. And Miss Pam, I, I think that is a genuine Southern accent you got there. Oh, yes, it is. I've been talking like this uh, ever since I was little. I was born with it. <laughs> Are you, you don't consider it a bad thing, I hope. No, no, no. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm this way all the time. I talk Southern. I'm just a Southern woman. <laughs> really? Yes. Now, how have, you, have you been outside of the South traveling before? Uh, yes. I lived in Arkansas for about six years. Well, yeah, that's uh, definitely outside the South. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Memphis, I lived there for 16 years. And uh, then I lived in Jackson for most of the, okay. most of the parts. But have you ever gone like on vacation? to the north like to any of the big cities of up north? Uh, yes i've been to chicago yes okay. what's that been like oh it's been wonderful my husband and i went on vacation there and i just loved it oh it was just beautiful i've never been there before so that was my first did time anybody say could you say that word again ma'am yes we walked down the street we was going to go get stuff to eat down there and everybody when i said everybody was so nice down there and when i was talking they say oh my goodness can you talk again we just never heard that before hardly you know down there <laughs> so you you had to repeat things when you were there in the windy city i've been up there a few times i like it i know it's not the south but it is a really cool place to go chicago and as long as you don't get shot that's right as long as we don't get shot it's wonderful but everybody's so nice down there yeah of course we're all we all got our places in this part of the world that you have to be a little careful for but chicago if you've kept up with the news lately they just have a crisis going on there that i don't know what in the world is going to have to happen (laughs) to to get that squared away but we'll we're going to talk more with pam as we go through this second hour on this Monday and learn a little bit more about her background and and again to hopefully make you feel a little good and, and make you feel uh, we got to brush up on our southern here and Pam's going to be able to help us do that with this second hour of the y'all show also speaking of the weekend pam did you have a good weekend oh yes we had a wonderful weekend on father's day it was just wonderful um i got to talk to my dad and you know he's a preacher in munford and so i got to talk to him before he went to church and it was just a wonderful time it was just wonderful he didn't expect you to show up at church no i told him i had to work (laughs) oh and did he forgive you yes he did he really did he was so sweet are you a daddy's girl (laughs) yes definitely are you really (laughs) You 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 don't mind admitting it here to everybody to the whole world. No, uh, no, my mom and dad they are so sweet. I tell you, well, that's good. All right, well, yes. So she called her daddy. That's what a lot of us <laughs> had to do on Father's Day, and I was working on Father's Day myself, just like you were. Of course, working for y'all. I was here doing research over the Sunday over the time period of Father's Day, and I found a really interesting Father's Day story that I've never heard before. It's about two guys with different last names, but actually one was the son of the other. And it's a story only you could find in the South and certainly only something you could find in the South in the 19th century South. So I'll share a little bit of that here in hour number two before we move on and have later in this hour an accent on Southern food courtesy of Kobe Bennett. Let's get back into some of the news headlines of the Y'all Show here on this talk with a southern accent pam did you hear about that awful wreck in alabama of that church van did you No, i did not yeah there was a really terrible wreck on sun on, on saturday rather there was a tropical storm that hit the gulf coast over the weekend brought a lot of rain and there was a van of children mostly from a sheriff's ranch have you ever heard of those ranches for kids uh, I think so. I think I have. Uh-huh. Essentially, I guess orphan kids is what oh. it, it really is. And this van was traveling on Interstate 65 in Alabama over the weekend. And it evidently, it veered off the road caused maybe by a hydroplane. 
and it veered off and several kids killed in this deadly accident there were actually several deadly accidents on the highways this past weekend but this one in particular 10 people now dead on this crash on interstate 65 between montgomery and greenville alabama nine of the ten killed children oh my goodness that is so sad that's so sad i just feel sorry for all the families there yeah. that's lost their children yeah and again I, i'm just kind of predicting what happened here is this van it looks like was from the north end of the state of alabama mm-hmm. i'm going to say they were likely headed to maybe even the beach oh, on interstate no. 65 there are lots of i mean i've been on i-65 headed to the beach before and there's just tragic tragic wrecks and deaths occurring on that wreck when people are thinking of such great things of going to the beach and then you have a tragedy like this but a pile up of at least 15 vehicles as a result of this wreck in butler county alabama oh. over the weekend and again nine young children between ages four to 17 killed in this crash in the heart of dixie over the weekend and as oh, pam my. said our, our thoughts certainly there yes definitely our thoughts and prayers are with the families that lost their children that is very very de- horrific that's just horrific things yeah. that happened another there. tragedy in oklahoma this time five folks from the state of arkansas dying in a crash there in lafleur county arkansas this happened on highway 112 two miles south of cameron oklahoma a man and his son from arkansas aaron gamble and his son landry among those killed also a couple of folks from fort smith including a 15 year old female killed in this accident a jeep cherokee traveling northbound on highway 112 in oklahoma went left of the center line and struck a southbound vehicle head-on and now five people in that state killed three people dying in georgetown county south carolina in a wreck there in a with an suv crash according to the south carolina highway patrol and then we also had a deadly tubing accident on the north carolina virginia border with four people at least four people dying including young kids when a tubing outing went awry there on the north carolina virginia state line in rockingham county near eden north carolina and several including young kids one of was only seven years old dying in the dan river as a result of this tubing accident from the past weekend that's some heavy stuff there pam that's why we got you on here to help us out oh i'm just so proud to be here i'm so proud to talk to everybody and we're just our our prayers are just out with all the families there it's just so sad that bad things are happening in this world it's just so sad yeah bad things happen unfortunately and it's so dangerous i know we all most all of us have a driver's license or we ride in cars i was talking to a close friend of mine sunday evening and he was riding in a car early this year, mm-hmm. and a friend of I, a friend of his who was just like him in his seventies had inherited some money and had gone out and bought a brand new fifty thousand dollar Toyota. And he was helping take my friend to a doctor's appointment, and someone just came out of nowhere and sideswiped him. Oh my! And he walked away from the crash, but ended up having internal injuries and died a couple of days later. Oh my! And goodness. my friend felt really guilty and horrible about it. And still feels horrible about it so much so that he's actually sold his car. He doesn't even want to drive anymore himself because of the fear of of driving. So, yeah, just please be careful out there. Yes, definitely be be careful and just drive the speed limit and and just watch. You know, you have to watch other people, too. All right. To bring some little bit more lighthearted stories our way here as we start out this second hour, 
Have you ever heard the story about old George Washington chopping down a tree? Did you ever get told that story? I think so. A long time ago. I, I know just vaguely, but I'm not really. Well, he remember. supposedly chopped down a cherry tree. And then oh. He, and then, <laughs> that George Washington, I tell you. Uh, and then he lied about it. Oh, no. He did? I think so. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. But, but you better keep George away from Louisiana because there are new protections <laughs> signed into law in the state of Louisiana to protect not cherry trees, but cypress trees. Oh, my goodness. So you got we, any cypress trees near you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not near me. Uh-uh, yeah, not near you probably house. don't live near a swamp. But in <laughs> Louisiana, Governor John Bell Edwards signing into law the last couple of days a new law that bans the harvesting of more than a million acres of state land, the harvesting of cypress, the bald cypress trees located on Louisiana's ground. So, Oh, my goodness. Good news there. Do you realize, Pam, these might outlive you, but barely. <laughs> the average lifespan of a bald cypress tree, it can be more than a 1,000 years in lifespan. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, my I'm, goodness. I'm bald cypress dead serious. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. My goodness. The bald cypress is the official state tree of Louisiana. Oh, my. I bet it's so. Is it really pretty? Yeah, it's pretty. And usually in Louisiana, they got the Spanish moss coming from the limbs, and it's just really not only pretty, but it's kind of a spooky slash slash majestic at the same time. I'm I'm a big fan of cypress trees, and I'm a really big fan of Spanish moss. Well, my goodness, they live a long, long time. I think a thousand years is a pretty long time. Yes, I won't be able to see it uh, for long. Come on, Pam, you got to have faith. <laughs> That's right. That's we gotta... why we got you in here today. Well, I'm just so excited to be here. <laughs> well, I'm excited too. I'm more excited. Like a June bug on a tree. Yeah, that too, on a cypress tree. <laughs> That's right, on a cypress tree now. That's right. Hey, <laughs> you mentioned the Mumford area around Memphis. Are mm-hmm. you much into Memphis wrestling? Um, my grandfather used to watch wrestling all the time. Um, it was Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. Mm. Um, he loved it. Every Saturday morning, he would put it on that channel, and we we would come over there, and we would watch it all the time over there. He would just love it. Do you know Jerry Lawler's nickname? I know. I sure don't. Jerry the King. Oh, Lawler. that. That's right. I forgot. Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Jerry the King Lawler is in the news because he's played his final softball game after 40 years of what's called Lawler's Army. Oh, my. So he's not like a cypress tree. He's not going to be around for a thousand years playing softball. (laughs) But Jerry Lawler, the Memphis wrestler, for more than 40 years, Jerry the King Lawler has escaped the wrestling limelight on the softball diamond. But now he's hanging up his softball cleats as the King's team, Lawler's Army, has met one night a week to play beer league softball. And it's a hand-picked team that plays in the Memphis area. Some of the team, they've been having members on those teams for decades, and now their sons even play on these teams. But Lawler is not going to play anymore in Lawler's Army, the softball. Aww. So if you want to catch him out of the ring and on the diamond, it looks like he's not going to be playing softball anymore. Have you ever seen grown men playing softball? I had not really seen it not until much. recently, thanks to TJ and and yeah it was i would not want to be out there playing those guys take it real serious yes oh my i used to play softball when i was younger and those balls come at you really really fast and i got hit in the head and i had no way yes it was i was scared (laughs) was it another woman that hit you yes it was like women playing softball at my school down there and Uh we played softball and she hit it real hard and i was fixing to hit it and when when she did i missed it but it hit me right in the forehead and i just went flat down and it hurt oh my goodness it knocked me out 
and I had to go to the doctor, but they said it was okay. But I was scared to play after that. But they I do hit you. hard. I've seen them. They 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 they. They hit the ball hard. They throw the ball hard. Yes. They run the bases hard. It is a scary business out there in softball. I think softball might be more dangerous than baseball, and baseball is pretty dangerous. Yes, because that ball is big. It, it's really big, <laughs> and, and and it hurts too. Doesn't yes. It? Oh, definitely, it hurts. I didn't, I didn't want to get back out there for a while, but I did, and I, then I, I was just scared that they were going to throw it right back again at me. Yeah. <laughs> And as we wrap up our headlines here today, a look at the South and what's going on news-wise. Morgan Freeman in the news. Do you know that Morgan Freeman and Miss Alabama 2021 are food besties? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they met a few years ago when Morgan Freeman was vacationing. Evidently, he's got a home in Gulf Shores, Alabama, one of his many homes around the world, likely. Morgan Freeman primarily lives in Charleston, Mississippi. I did not know that. Yeah, not far from memphis actually in case you're ever in memphis and miss seeing jerry lawler you can go check up on morgan freeman but yes morgan freeman and the 21 year old miss alabama are food friends they exchange gifts through the mail she and the oscar-winning actor and of course you know him from movies tell me if you've seen any of these shawshank redemption have you seen that yes that's the greatest movie oh my gosh i love that i love him and all his movies what about million dollar baby did you see that one yes that's really good oh my i'm a movie buff i watch movies all the time my daughter does too we all watch movies (laughs) oh now this one i could understand if you haven't seen this one because this one still gives me the creeps seven did you ever see that one yes we uh yes I, I sure did at the movie theater and that was that was really really a uh kind of like a scary movie oh very yeah, scary, very, very and, then, scary. And then you got another one that i bet you you haven't seen this one driving miss daisy oh my goodness i love that movie <laughs> i love him in that movie oh my goodness i mean he was just wonderful i mean he's the best actor i mean really the best actor yeah well anyway morgan freeman and this miss alabama our friends, Lauren Bradford. She's mm-hmm. 21 years old. She's exchanged chocolate pies and cakes and more with the veteran actor and good on him. And perhaps that will help lead. Maybe he'll help her out one day, open up a door if she wants to go to Hollywood sometime. Oh. But not often do you see a, an acting legend and a 21-year-old starlet no. <laughs> in the place where stars are often made. The stars shine on Alabama, and it is right now. Shining pretty good for this 21-year-old Miss Alabama. Oh, I'm so and, excited for And her, her food, Bestie. Speaking of food, <laughs> we're going to talk to you about food. Yes. When we come back, Miss Pam's going to be on with us as we continue to have all things Southern in this first hour of the y'all, uh, second hour, our first hour talking to Miss Pam. And we've got more to talk about. We're going to learn a little bit more about her, and we'll learn a little bit more about how she makes people smile and makes them feel good. She's made me feel good. <laughs> And she's made my belly get really feeling good lately. We'll have all that coming up as the Y'all Show continuing on. 803-816-1170 if you want to reach out to us. We'll be right back. Uh, we're back on y'all hour two. John Raw with Miss Pam here, and 
are and, y'all doing? <laughs> and what did you tell me in the break? You're so what? I'm so excited like a gene bug on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never seen a gene bug on a tree. In fact, I don't even know. I'm pretty southern, Miss Pam. Uh-huh. What is your definition of a June bug? Because I think I know what you're talking about, but I better hear it from you. What is your definition of a June bug on a tree? Well, um, a June bug is a green bug uh, that you know that flies really, really fast. And so, um, my daughter used to do uh, bug collections on her school thing, you know. And so, she used to collect these bugs on insects and put them, on, you know, like on needles and put them on the thing. And I always thought that June bugs were kind of pretty, you know. So um, I do that for you know, like at my job where I work at, and I make it kind of fun for people, you know. And so I'll say, I'll have your food ready like a June bug on a tree. You know, just really, really I fast. I have heard that. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a compliment because I really don't think of June bugs when I sit down to eat a meal. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you've made me start thinking about it. Yeah. And I've never talked to a June bug. I've interviewed a lot of people. I've never interviewed a June bug. So, oh, no. So is a June bug really that excited to be on a tree? I guess so. I guess so. Because, you know, it, it, I guess they just sit there and then they just fly off real fast, you know, because they got somewhere to go really quick, you know. Mm. So, I, 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 yeah, I just kind of do that to make it fun for people when they come in, you know, uh, my work and everything. Yeah, well, I've gone into your work and I've seen you in action. And that's why we've asked you to come in here today, because I've not seen and I've been in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. I have not seen someone have that kind of chemistry with their customers like you do. Aww. And you make people feel good. I told somebody on Sunday that I was going to be talking to you today, and they're like, I love her. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know who she is, but she told me she <laughs> loves you. Aww. And you've been pretty loyal. You've worked at your job, I think, over 25 years now? Uh, 27 years. 27, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and and that takes a lot of discipline. That takes a lot of June bugs on trees to Definitely. make you excited and jump right in there and do it. Just go jump right in there and do it. I love people. That's my favorite thing. And I love dealing with people. And I just I love doing what I do. You know, and I want, I want people to feel good when they come in our restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I want people to feel good when they come in there and when they leave. Because, you know, a lot of people has a hard time. They have people like in hospitals that are, you know, their families that are in there. And they just want to come in there and have a good meal and just rest and i just want them to feel good when they come in there that's right because i'm one of these people we've had a rough go of it the last 14 15 months and your restaurant has been open Mm -hmm. and to credit the ownership and 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 people like you for going in there especially in the midst of the pandemic i know y'all might have had to shut down a little bit but yes but Mm -hmm. uh but for the most part you've found a way to stay open a lot of restaurants didn't make it a lot of places had to shut down across the south and you were able to do that so uh, again, people like me, sadly, that's one of the highlights, I have to admit, going to eat at a restaurant is one of the highlights of my day. I wish yes. I could tell you it would be going out watching my June bugs jump off trees. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately for now, the highlight of my day, usually, usually, not always, but usually is going to eat somewhere. And I like to go into a place and eat. Yes. I know a lot of people that are tuning in right now probably have that same kind of philosophy they like to go in and honestly have the pams of the world oh make them feel good make them feel special oh well i do i want to make people you know feel special when they come in there because you know uh, you, it's a time to be happy and, and i just i just think that they need a little happiness in their life right. so i just try to make them feel good well you do that <laughs> and i watch you in fact the first time i went in there you were not my waitress you, oh no i was at another table they put put me in the bad area i guess oh no your area is the good area oh well thank you (laughs) and and you said something and i'm going to kind of uh talk about this more in the next segment but what caught my first attention of you is you went up to a table Mm -hmm. and you of course took their orders 
did what you're supposed you know i guess supposed to do but you told them that you were proud of them yes i sure did <laughs> and you went to another table and you told them that you were proud of them uh-huh so how in the world i've never heard that from anybody <laughs> Well, I'm just so proud of them because they are so sweet to come in there and eat with us, you know, where I work at, mm -hmm. at Catfish Galley. And I'm just so thankful that I have customers that come in there that wants me to wait on them. And I'm just so thankful because if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be there. And again, 27 and, years you've been doing this yes. at this one location. <laughs> and that takes a lot of, I guess, getting up. And, and I, you, you must have that June bug philosophy <laughs> down because you do it. Oh. And it's not easy, especially in today's world where... People are scared to go into restaurants. People aren't working at restaurants. That's They're true. taking money and deciding not to show up at work. I've been at your place before, and, and you have takeout, and some people are very impatient when it mm -hmm. comes to getting their food to go. And it just it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. But although people go there to eat, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. you also are their friend. You yes, are their escape for that time that you're there. And, and so – thank you as a customer thank Aww. you and i know we give people welcome. like you money and and that's another thing let me remind you i won't let you do it i'll say it if you don't tip your waiters and waitresses you just need to be taken out and beaten in my opinion oh. there's no excuse <laughs> unless they do ter terrible service no excuse to not give them the minimum 15 and sometimes 20 and 25 and what's the most you've ever percentage wise gotten have you gotten 100 percent tips before well i did uh, the the most tip that i got from a lady and a man was five hundred dollars <laughs> a five hundred dollar tip in one day and i was so thankful and so blessed i almost passed out did you but i was so excited <laughs> i bet you were i am i am just so proud of any money that i get i'm just so thankful because um I, i'm just so happy to be with be there and and yeah. to wait on people and to make sure that they you know feel good and yeah. make sure they eat good and so I'm just so excited to, to help people. And if going in and seeing Miss Pam wasn't enough reason to go to her place, she's got catfish on the menu. You got mm -hmm. steaks on the menu. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And maybe my favorite part, you got an ice cream bar. Yes, and it is very, very delicious. We got the – oh, it's this wonderful You got chocolate cream. and ice cream both on the ice cream chocolate bar. Chocolate and vanilla. Mm -hmm. Did I say – what? chocolate soft and vanilla. Soft serve. Yeah, soft serve. And mm -hmm. if, if, <laughs> if, if If hanging out with Pam's not good enough to have – your choice of chocolate or vanilla <laughs> is just we got good country food good country food and that's why we got you on here you're a good southern lady that has just made a difference in, in making people feel good as you've been working here 27 years i bet you somewhere along the line it might not have been morgan freeman coming in <laughs> but i bet you you've had some celebrities that you've kind of helped out through the years uh yes there was uh, one celebrity had come in there a while back and montel williams has come oh. in there yes i was so excited i thought that looked like him and um i went up to him i was working in the back and he was in the front and i come up there and i said you look just like montel williams and he pulled me down he goes i am montel williams and so i was so excited i gave him a hug and i I was just so excited, and, and I said, well, you know, I just watch your show all the time, you know, when he had the Montel Williams show, yeah. and I just loved it, and I, that, I guess he's been in there, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anybody else? Um, We've had some uh, football people come in there, like foot, from Tennessee and places, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. We've had a few of those come in there. You mm -hmm. keep up with football? Well, my husband does, yes. <laughs> okay. Did you tell him who came in and he was excited? Yes, he was so excited, and my stepson, he was so excited because he, he loves Tennessee, so... Oh. Uh, and uh, so my husband does too. He's he's a um, um, uh, Oklahoma Sooners fan. You know, uh, your so. husband is. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> 
his team better start winning. I know it. I'm so excited. They get close. <laughs> yeah. But when it's time to, you know, the, you know what hit the road, they always hit the road. Mm-hmm. And, and Oklahoma, OU, they're going to have to start winning national champions. That's soon. right. Because they win the Big 12. They just they can't they they never they actually have never won a playoff game. I don't know if you knew that or not. Well, no, but he's telling me stuff. You yeah, know, he, tell, he shows me how you know what's going on and everything. Yeah, well, but poor. my stepson, he's a, a Tennessee fan, Tennessee Vols fan. So, mm. so he's excited. But and, we've had people come in there, you know, like that. Yeah. Uh, well, again, you can go see Pam. She's a celebrity in her own right, and, oh. and, and do that. But you have to again put up with all kinds of people, celebrities, and us regular folk when we go in there too oh well y'all are just everybody's just wonderful i'm regular too <laughs> do you ever cook oh yes i cook uh-huh. my husband does most of the cooking but i do cook at home yes i do uh-huh. you, you ever cook catfish uh yes I, I got a deep fryer at home and i put some oil in there but not as good as we have it but yes i do cook catfish uh-huh. oh okay yeah so you put oil and you, you you do fried catfish? Uh-huh. I, I'll just buy some catfish, you know, like, um, well, me, I just buy catfish frozen like in a in a bag or something like that mm-hmm. and just put it in there. But uh, I don't do it as good as uh, we do at work. But, yes, I do do and that. And y'all uh-huh. do a good job with your work. In fact, I think either I just wasn't paying attention in the past or this is a new addition. Mm-hmm. If you go to see Pam, when she steps off into the kitchen to do other stuff that she's got to do, <laughs> You actually, at your restaurant, can look over to the side, and y'all have a monitor that shows the production of catfish. Yes, uh-huh. You ever seen that? Uh, well, yes, I have. I, not all of it I've seen because we're going so fast and I we're just running are. so fast and everything. But, yes, we do got it there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a, a Mississippi, I think, company that makes catfish. Mm-hmm. Probably Pride, I think, is the name of the company. I should know. Yes, I, I think that's right. I, uh-huh. I've been to Belzoni, Mississippi, where that company's based. I've been to the Catfish World Catfish Festival. You have? I've even been to the one in Paris, Tennessee. Oh, I'm, my goodness. I'm a catfish connoisseur. <laughs> but, yeah, they have a video there at your restaurant. You can watch the production of that catfish. Yes, right behind the cash register yeah. on your far right. And mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's pretty captivating, at least the first time you see it, and then it it's on a loop. Mm-hmm. So it after shows how they do it and everything. About the second or third, third time, I'm over there looking for you the next <laughs> oh, time. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Want my refill. <laughs> Oh, that makes me feel good. Now, you, no, it's not. I'm I'm thirsty. I need me my, my That's refill. right. You got to get something to drink, and you got to get something to eat. And You're I don't know about you, but I am one of those customers. And you tell me. Just be honest with me. Okay. I'm a customer that's pretty needy when it comes to my drink. Yes. Is that okay with people like you? Yes. You want to make sure that you know us as waitresses and waiters want to make sure that they have all your customers filled up with drinks. You want to make sure they're not they're not real low. You want to fill them back up to make sure they got it. Yes. Mm. Uh-huh. You want to keep them going, you know. Yeah. So they won't be thirsty. Because I cannot stand, and I'm not blaming you. No. I can't stand <laughs> when a waiter or waitress essentially forgets me. Oh, no. And they're off in the back or they're outside vaping or whatever they're doing. Yes. And I'm sitting there with an empty cup for 20 minutes, and I've had that happen to me recently. Oh, no. That's not good. It ain't good. No, no, It ain't no, good no. at all. And therefore, uh-uh. they were not rewarded for that lack of... Uh, <laughs> keeping my fluids they better be watching your drink when you go somewhere and make sure your drink is full that's right (laughs) and i'll ask this question because i feel like i'm a king if i'm ever given this option when a waiter or waitress offers me the pitcher yes do you ever do that well uh, sometimes if we have like a big party or something they'll ask sometimes the customers ask if we can have a pitcher but sometimes i just nine times out of ten i just want to make sure i go back and refill it myself all right Mm -hmm. well we don't want to offend people like you. Talking to Miss <laughs> Pam here, if you want to call or text, our number is 
816-870-1170 here on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern accent. Miss Pam, you got a good Southern accent. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate I don't that. Think I just it's see fake. you all the time. I don't think, you know, when you get off the air here, you're going to be kicking into a, a New York accent or oh, anything. Oh, no, no. <laughs> now, of course, you do the great work and you make people like me feel good, but I understand you also are doing something beyond waitressing. You do another job that's very important. Uh, yes, um, I keep um, um, you know patients at my job. Uh, behavioral health initiatives. I work there. I've been there almost seventeen years, and um, it's a group home for for, uh, for people that are you know that needs help and everything. So I just really really love doing that job. I really do. I love helping. Don't people. Don't you do that overnight? Yes, I work eleven at night till seven in the morning, Monday through Friday, and. The people that I work with there are just wonderful. And, and what I kind of job do you do? What do you have to do? Um, well, basically, you're there at night to do all the uh, stuff like cleaning, all the deep cleaning stuff that we have there. Mm-hmm. Um, the patients that we have there, that we, you know, they get up in the middle of the night and they, you know, they have to take their medicine at night. And you know, basically, we just kind of watch over them. And then I cook breakfast in the morning. I have to have breakfast cooked at six. So um, it's just a wonderful thing that that I love doing there. I love helping them, and they're so sweet that you know that that live there. And the typical patient there is they're there for what reason? Uh, well, they're there for like uh, mentally reasons mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. And they're just really wonderful people that I have there. And uh, we you know we just help them out. You know, there they live there. And again, you work there from eleven at night until seven in the morning. Seven in the mm-hmm. morning, and sometimes you go in and work this other job at Catfish Galley. Mm-hmm. For uh, hours. Oh well, it, I work this job for forty hours a week. Uh, behavioral health. I work there, and uh, it's uh, we got three group homes here in Jackson that we have here. I see, mm-hmm. but, but still a hard working woman. Oh, well, like yes, I, I do work. I, I work those hours, but also, you know, I work at Catfish Galley during the day, and I work there till close at night, and then I go over there at eleven and work till seven. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you got time to come in here and talk to us today, but we're glad that Miss. Well, Pam- I set my alarm clock. Oh. <laughs> Did you work overnight? Uh, no, no, I was I, I was off last night. I worked at Catfish Galley yesterday. We uh, had a busy day. Yes, we yeah, did. It was Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And again, she had a chance to call her daddy. Yes, I was so excited. I was excited that you were excited. And Father's Day, all the fathers out there, the moms, you got celebrated just a few weeks ago, so we're not leaving you out here, but uh, you you consider yourself a, a daddy's girl? Uh, yes, uh-huh. I sure do. My daughter's a daddy's girl and her dad, so yes. <laughs> but are you your dad's only daughter? Uh, yes, I'm the only child. Oh, mm-hmm. so I guess you're his favorite. Yeah, he says he that I am. <laughs> <laughs> For now. For now, until I mess up or something. You yeah, know? <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad you had a... A good time there, and, uh-huh. and we hope everybody in the South did have a good time. We'll take a break here on y'all, and uh, let me channel my inner Montel Williams. Do you know what Montel always said when he went to commercial break? Um, I can't remember. It's been a while. What did he say? We're going to take a little break. That's right. We're going to take a little break. We'll yeah. be right back. Uh, there you go, Montel. <laughs> so stay tuned. We've got more with Miss Pam as the Y'all Show, our very special in-studio guest here with us on Talk With a Southern Accent, and boy, what a great accent she's got. And she's going to continue to inspire when we come back. We've got her for just a few more minutes before our Takapola storyteller drops by in hour two, Jerry. Or hour three, rather. He's usually hour two. We kicked him back an hour to talk to you today. How oh, does that my sound? goodness. I feel so honored. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I Aww. thought you were going to say you felt bad about it. Well, I felt bad, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jerry's coming on hour three. Oh, that's Boy, sweet. we got an exciting y'all show today. We're going to take that little break, as Montel would say, and come back with you.
We're continuing on hour two of this Monday. We got Miss Pam in with us here on Talk with a Southern accent, and I would say she's pretty darn Southern. Yes, I'm Southern as a Southern like a gene bug sitting on a tree. Oh, no way. No way. <laughs> and a jackrabbit running down the road. Ah, uh, that's pretty Southern, too, I guess. But, you know, they got jackrabbits in other parts of the world mm-hmm. besides the South. But, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and accept that as pretty Southern. And we're talking with her here as I have discovered miss pam Mm -hmm. on some outings and she just made me smile and i thought maybe perhaps we'll have her come in here and make y'all smile (laughs) if you don't mind 803-816-1170 is how you can get in touch with us here and it is a beautiful day across the southeast now a lot of the south got hit pretty bad by the tropical storm claudette over the weekend that ended up costing about 13 lives in total thus far from its awful downpour but, uh, yes, we're picking up the pieces from that here and getting us through to start this week off. Now, over the past weekend, we've been talking about a little bit, we had Father's Day across the country. And I didn't realize until John Rahm won the U.S. Open of Golf. Are you a big golf fan? No, not really. <laughs> well, John Rahm, not John Rawl. John Rahm is a golfer, and he won his very first major as he won the U.S. Open from Torrey Pines near San Diego uh-huh. on Sunday. And John just had a little baby a couple of weeks ago. His <gasps> oh, first child. His, and his baby was there. His wife was there. His parents, who were actually from Spain, had just flown over to this country to see their grandchild for the very first time. Oh. As Spain's been locked down and they haven't been able to travel, they just got, uh, they were allowed to leave Spain and they came to see their son and, mm-hmm. and their grandson. And it was just a beautiful scene there. That is wonderful. Of John Rahm winning this past weekend. But when he was being interviewed after the tournament, he mentioned that Spain's Father's Day is not the same Father's Day as the United States. It's not. We got a different Father's Day, evidently, around the world. Okay. So I celebrate Father's Day every day. So. Well, that's right. And in fact, I'm here partly because my son, who's 11, loved being at your restaurant. Oh. And and he loves catfish. He is obsessed with catfish. So oh my we try to go see you. And the last time we went in there, you weren't there. Oh, no. Where was I at? You I were must have goofing off. off. I was goofing off. I was playing hooky. Yeah. You were <laughs> not as happy as a June bug no. sitting on a tree on a limb. That is not good. I should have been there. <laughs> you should have been there. And uh, we, we got uh, the B team that Uh-oh. particular there. But, it, but uh, anyway, we had a good time and good food, of course. But. But he loves him some catfish, and, mm-hmm. and I like me some catfish. Not every day, but my son would eat it every day. Oh, yes, it's good for you. Catfish is really good for you. Mm, mm-hmm. I did not know that. Even fried catfish? Well, I, I think so. I think so. We'll just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> Let everybody do their own research. But, yeah, Father's Day across the world, evidently, on different days throughout the year. Uh-huh. And so I was doing some research and discovered something that I – only in the South, Miss Pam, would you have stories like this, stories that just for whatever reason have not really been told throughout history. And I wanted to take a minute to let y'all know about a unique father's and father-son relationship that we could only have here in the South. Mm-hmm. And it is the relationship between General Rufus Barringer and his son, Warren Clay Coleman. My goodness. Now, they got two different names. 
Ah, in the world? Father and a son. Now, General Rufus Berenger was born in 1821. I don't know if he came in there and had catfish with you or not. Uh, well, no, not no. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But Rufus Berenger was a North Carolinian uh-huh. and was a successful man there in North Carolina prior to the Civil War. And then in the war became a Confederate general mm-hmm. and served and ended up becoming a general in the Confederate Army. He was also a lawyer prior to and after the Civil War. Along the way, old Rufus decided to have at least one, if not more, kids out of wedlock. Oh, my. You know what that is, huh? Yes, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> not Matlock. That's a good TV no, no, show. No, not that one. Not the show. Not nah, the Matlock nah. show. <laughs> so one of the kids he had, General Rufus Berenger, was a gentleman named Warren Clay Coleman. Now, Warren Clay, his mama was a slave. Okay. And so, yes, he was a, a biracial child born to General Rufus Berenger. And Warren Clay Coleman was born in 1849. So born he was born as a slave in 1849 to a white father. Oh, mm-hmm. But, you know, this story is interesting because we're talking about Father's Day from this past weekend. And a story only in the South, especially in this time period. Warren Clay Coleman, his father, his biological father, Rufus Berenger, did not abandon him, Mm-mm. was still close to him. And after the Civil War was over, when Warren Clay was a young man, his father, this retired or former Confederate general who started practicing law after the war and had survived as a Confederate officer, he helped his what was once a slave son of his in business. And Warren Clay Coleman ended up becoming – one of the richest black men in America around the turn of the 20th century. And he was a founder of the Coleman Manufacturing Company, which was the very first black-owned and operated textile mill in the entire United States. And this is a time period where textile mills were maybe one of the biggest revenue generators going. And this was all around Concord, North Carolina, Cabarrus County, in North Carolina is where this happened. Mm-hmm. But this man, Warren Clay Coleman, born to a slave mother and a white attorney father who would go on to be a Confederate officer in the Civil War, his Confederate general father after the war gave him advice, I think gave him money, and helped get him going in a business career of which he became a very, very successful capitalist in fact he worked alongside people like booker t washington Mm -hmm. and others and his coleman manufacturing company employed more than 300 black workers and he had assets and the numbers are different now than what they were then but at one time assets over a hundred thousand dollars which would be well over a million dollars now in today's world and so a very successful man who went on to help form churches, AME churches in North Carolina and more. And they have buildings and stuff named after him and even highways in North Carolina named after Warren C. Coleman. But a unique story, a father-son story that likely you have not heard anywhere else out there. I have not heard that. That is a wonderful story. I love that. About a, a father in this case could have easily forgotten about this young man but ends up supporting him. And, get, and not only that, giving him advice, helping him That's out right. business-wise the relationship between Rufus Berenger and his son, Warren Clay Coleman. And I just found out about that story for the first time over the weekend. I thought I'd talk about it just a little bit here on the Y'all Show because, you know, a lot of times people look down at the South and yes. and our relationship between the races 
and even though it's been definitely something that we haven't always been proud of, there are moments like this that it kind of makes you feel like, you know, things weren't always so horrible for everybody at all times, at least. That's true. That is true. And that's a really good story. And that was in the (laughs) post-Civil War North Carolina, which was devastated like most of the South at that time period. And and, uh, just, just an unusual story, to say the least, about what happened in that time period in the American South. And as I've said before, one reason I asked Pam to come on today was the fact that she makes so many people feel good. And one of her famous expressions is, I'm proud of you. And it's okay to tell people that you're proud. Well, thank you. I do. I really am proud of my customers. I'm proud of them because they are just so sweet. All my customers are so sweet. I'm just so excited. They but I really bet you nice you've people. had some that aren't so sweet. Yes, I've had. Yes. And uh-huh. how do you deal with that? <clears throat> well, if you if you have people that come in there and you know you wait on them and everything and you smile and everything and sometimes they're kind of grumpy at you, you know the best thing to do when somebody is like that is to go over there and just keep smiling. That's you know that's the best thing to do. Just make them still feel, you know, welcome there. Make them feel happy there, and you just just go over there and just just keep doing what you're doing. You know, just keep smiling and maybe sometimes I've had one. That one man that was kind of grumpy years ago, and uh, he, I was just trying to get him to smile really, really bad. And uh, at the very last, he did smile. He did smile, and you know. And then he come back and told me that uh, that you know I made him feel good after that. That he was going through a rough time. So, you know, you just you never know who who comes in there. You just never know. But the the best thing to do is just make him smile, and just keep smiling yourself, and just keep on going. You know. So why? How do you make it through? I I know not every day is perfect for you. Oh no, there's days that I you know have a, a bad day, and you just uh, you know there's days that you just you, you just want to just cry sometimes. You know. I mean, other than your daughter making you upset, what are <laughs> some of the other ways that you would have a bad day? What 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 makes you have a bad day? Well, you know, I might just not get no sleep hardly the night before or something. And, and, you know, you come in there and you're just half asleep. Sometimes I'm just half asleep sometimes. And, um, but you know, mainly you just come in there and just be yourself, you know, just always tell everybody just be their self, you know, yeah, that's, you know, and it's it's just wonderful. Yes. I just love it. I just love it. Well, I mean, you love it so much. You've Mm -hmm. been doing this now 27 years Mm -hmm. at this one place. Yes. And it's a wonderful place to work for. So you must have good people you work with oh yes they're one they are really wonderful 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 people okay they make you feel good they make you feel at home and we're all just like family there is that right mm-hmm. well let me tell you about a neighbor of yours yes that, that's probably just as wonderful and lovely but i had a scary scene right about 50 yards from where you work oh my goodness over the weekend and i ordered at a place that is a fast food burger joint not far from where you are okay uh, about 50 yards to the south, mm-hmm. same side of the road. And uh, <laughs> I go through the drive through there, mm-hmm. and they've got a pretty good little deal that you can spend about $5.55 and get five different things for that right. price. And right when I'm pulling up to pay, I noticed four of their workers coming toward my vehicle, but they weren't coming to my vehicle. They were going to the door that goes into their lobby, a lobby of which they don't let people in anymore, which makes me really upset. Uh-huh. And... I'm sitting there watching what was going on, and it was about 9.30 at night, and it was a snake. <gasps> there was a snake right on the doorstep of this what? restaurant. Oh, I'm scared of snakes. I'm so well, scared of them. you better be glad you weren't working at this place. Oh, my goodness. And I think all these people were very scared, too. I would have been, too. It was several feet long, this snake, oh, and, and it had some spots on it, too, so I don't know if it that was That could poison. have been poisonous. I think it could have been. 
<laughs> I'm going to take a gamble that it probably was. But this this is uh, this was going on right there. Again, this snake was trying to sneak into the lobby. And, and I feel sorry for the workers who had oh, to kind yes. of, you know, <laughs> don't tread on me in this case. And they were putting up with that. But hopefully... You know, you work at a place that's got yummy food. You don't have too many creatures trying to get into your place. No, I haven't seen too many of them. I not too many. many. No, uh uh-uh. uh. Hopefully, Maybe you haven't seen had any. had a lizard one time come through the back door. Oh. You know, when they opened the back door on the bottle, because we got a yeah. you know basement down there, and one lizard come through there, and I jumped real fast. <laughs> I don't blame you. You were jumping like a June bug on a tree. Yes, I was jumping like a June bug on a tree. Boy, I was running <laughs> or flying one. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you on that. <laughs> But yeah, I saw that this week, and I thought of, I thought of you, and I thought, Aww. oh goodness, I hope uh, hopefully that thing's not trying to find where you are. Oh no, it better not come over there now. I'll be I'll be running out that door. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, we got a lot of them around, but just uh, just thought of that, and that's another little challenge. People like you in the service mm-hmm. industry, y'all have to put up with all kinds of creatures, both yeah. human and. In this case, the non-human. Human and creatures. I yeah, guess. that's like, right. Uh, yes, you have to put up with both of them. <laughs> that's right. Pam, we have enjoyed being with you here Aww. today on the Y'all Show. Anything else you can give us? Any kind of inspiration, advice, et cetera? Well, um, you know, uh, to all the waiter and waitresses out there that are waiting on tables, you know, just be yourself, y'all. Just go out there and make people feel good. When they come in y'all's restaurant, just when you go and you wait on tables and you you, you serve their drinks and their food, just have a wonderful, happy face on, on your face. Just smile and make them feel good, all the customers, because the customers are very, very special to, to you. And uh, that's what I would say, you know, just to make sure your customers are feeling good when you go in, you know, when you wait on them. And it's know. not an easy job. No, I've, it's not. I've actually done what you've done for about two weeks out of, the, uh, out of my entire life. It's, it's hard. And, and, and if I hadn't have been paid handsomely to do it, I wouldn't have even done it. But oh. I was working somewhere where they were so desperate to have workers they paid people like me a lot of money just to even go in there so that's why i did it all about the money not for the love of the customer that you must have i do i love all my customers and it's truly a deep love because you know they all my customers that's coming there i got to know all of them i got to know and you know they've helped me through all my hard times you know i've had a lot of hard times and they have helped me through all my hard times and um, i just want to say that i appreciate all my customers and i love them all to death and they're 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 make, they make that place. I bet they you run into restaurant. your customers around town. Oh you? yes, yes, uh huh. I really do. I go into Walmart. I go into uh, Walgreens or anywhere here in Jackson, and I get to see all of them. And I'm just so thankful for them. And do they know who you are? Oh yes, they know who I. And, and you know, like if I I don't dress up much at Catfish Galley, you know, because we have to wear a uniform. But if I go in there and I, in a different place and I'm dressed up, they'll say, "Oh my goodness, is that Pam from Catfish Galley or Jean Bug?" <laughs> and I'll say, "Yeah, that's me." They didn't recognize me at first, and then they look at me and they said, "That's her." <laughs> yeah, but I'm so thankful for all my customers, and I'm so thankful for being there at Catfish Galley. I love that place, and and I love working there. And all the I, I would never it. have guessed. <laughs> it's just a wonderful place. You can't to work. leave there. Oh no, I can't. Uh, uh-uh, because I've been there so long, and you know, it's just they make you feel like they make you feel like family there, and they are family. Yeah. They are family. Well, they're so family. I'm just so thankful. And for you them. can be part of Pam's family. Just yes. Check her out if you get a chance, and and come in for inspiration again she's i think rather authentic and we're glad that she's taken time <laughs> well, out of her you. very busy schedule to come in 
and visit with us here on the Y'all Show. Y'all Show. And I, I tell you what, Pam, I'm just so proud of you. Well, thank you. I'm just so proud of you and all and everybody out there. I'm just so excited. Uh, this is a really good radio show. Well, thank you very much. It's all, <laughs> it's all about the South, and you're yes. a big fan of the South, I hope. Oh, yes, I am. I am a fan of the South. I am the South, and I love it. All right. Well, <laughs> Pam, thank you. We hope to get you back on here again when you can squeeze us in amongst the other 50 jobs that you have. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> Coming up after this break, it's a Southern Accent on Food, thanks to Kobe Bennett. We're going to take a little break here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Jerry Short's coming up in hour two, or hour three, rather. Southern Accent. Here's what's cooking in the South from Y'all.com. I'm Kobe Bennett. Peaches are in season right now, so there's no better time to go out and get some. Here's Miko Drew on the YouTube channel Tasty. How to properly dice up your summer peaches for whatever dish you may want to whip up. Normally, if you have a pretty ripe peach, you can break the two apart, and you'll have one side that is free of a pit and one side that actually has the pit, and so this is where you're going to need to do the work. What I like to do from there is take my knife, sink it into the surface of the peach, going around the pit, and voila, you have a pit-free peach. Now all we have to do is slice the peach, so I'll just start guiding my knife thinly slicing all the way through, making sure to cuff my fingers so that I'm not cutting off my nails. And these are perfect slices. Check out the full video, Three Ultimate Peach Recipes for Summer on Tasty on YouTube. Enjoy! Recipes, tips, headlines, and more at y'all.com. And thank you to Kobe Bennett with that fantastic accent on Southern food. Love us some peaches this time of year. And now with this hour or two in the books talking peaches and catfish with Miss Pam dropping by. Man, we have had one unbelievably good tasting second hour of the show all about the Southeast. You know what, though? We got a whole nother hour. Why don't you say we get back together here in just a few minutes? And we'll have the fun of Hour 3 come your way. We'll get it all started with a little recap of what's going on in Southern sports. And then our Takapola storyteller, George, Jerry Short, Shorts, is going to... I'm still thinking about that catfish. Jerry Short dropping by Hour 3. We're going to have a fantastic conversation with him all right here with the Y'all Show. Man, what a awesome Monday we have on the show that is truly Southern like a June bug on a tree, y'all. <laughs> I'm John Rawl. Thanks again to Miss Pam for dropping by. Hope y'all enjoyed that. I just thought it would be good to spice up things with a good Southern lady, a hardworking Southern lady. And for all of you hardworking Southern ladies out there, thank you so much for what you do. And a special thanks to Miss Pam and her agent, Miss Brittany, for kind of working through the schedule and getting us some time with Miss Pam here on our show that's definitely like a June bug on a tree. Here in this final hour of the Monday edition of Y'all, we are going to have a fantastic third hour. Jerry Short, we pushed him back because Miss Pam dropped by. We pushed him back to be on in this third hour of our show today so we'll have a discussion with him that is very timely we'll get to that in a few we will also before the hour is up let you know what's coming up on the y'all show the rest of the week if you like miss pam and and jerry here today we have excitement going the rest of the week with our barbecue barrister dropping by tuesday we've got a very special guest coming on wednesday lee habib he is the vice president of the salem radio network and he is a author a columnist 
a guy who's a UVA alum, UVA Law School alum. He actually was classmates with a lady named Laura Ingram, and together they helped launch her radio show. And Lee Habib, who now follow, now calls Oxford, Mississippi home, we're going to have him on Wednesday on the Y'all Show. Also this week, we're going to spice things up from a contemporary Christian standpoint. On Thursday, We the Kingdom, a group out of Nashville, a fivesome that includes a father, his two children, a brother of that same father, and then another guy thrown in for good measure. We the Kingdom, they are a dove-winning contemporary Christian act, and they're going to be dropping by on our Thursday Y'all Show. And then our buddy Craig Faulkner. Speaking of June bugs, I don't know if you can use a June bug when you're out fishing, but Craig will have his fishing forecast coming our way on Friday. All that right here on Talk with a Southern Accent with John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. That is how you can get in touch with the program All About Dixie. Our website is y'all.com. It is the South's homepage, and go there for all the excitement of what goes on in the 16 southern states. We're Talk with a Southern Accent, and we can't thank you enough for being on with us as we begin this third hour and kind of echoing a little bit of what I was saying when Pam was on in hour two about golfer John Rahm. He won his first major on Sunday at Torrey Pines in California. He wins the U.S. Open. Congratulations to John Rahm, who, if you followed golf here in the last couple of weeks, he was in the news. He had a six-stroke lead at the Memorial. That's Jack Nicklaus's tournament outside of Columbus, Ohio. And just two weeks ago, he had a six-shot lead and was forced to exit the tournament after three rounds and a six-shot lead because he tested positive for COVID-19. So he goes into quarantine. While in quarantine, his parents, who live in Spain, were finally able to leave that country and come over and visit little Johnny and his wife and their newborn son. And they get to the States, and John admitted over the weekend that was one of the hardest things out of all the things he's had a hard time with his parents finally come to america to see he and his son his newborn son and he's not able to be there with them because he's in quarantine he finally was cleared to get out of quarantine he goes on to roar in the third and final rounds and in the fourth round the last round in particular two back-to-back birdies on hole 17 and 18 And his fist pumps were fierce, and he ends up besting South African golfer Louis Oosthuizen by one stroke. And he also defeated the third-place finisher, Harris English, a guy who has grown up in the Chattanooga area as well as Georgia, a UGA alum, and a guy that lives on the Sea Islands of Georgia. And together, through the great play that Rom had on Sunday, he's able to package that together and got a big, big win. His first major, John Rahm, a guy who lives in Arizona, went to college at Arizona State, and he gets the U.S. Open Championship. Talk about a meltdown. You had a couple of guys do that, including Bryson DeChambeau. He had a quadruple bogey. Heck, I can shoot a quadruple bogey on the PGA Tour. He had a quadruple bogey on that back nine. And you also had... Some of the other guys, like Henley, who was he was tied for the lead after the third round and second round too, I think. And Henley kind of fell apart in that final round. Henley calls 
the Charleston County of South Carolina, his off-season home for golf, a former UGA golfer, a guy who grew up in Macon, Georgia, Russell Henley. And now John Rahm with his two birdies in those last two holes, enough to just get past Louis Oosthuizen and win the U.S. Open, the third major on the golf tour here this year. We've already seen the Masters and the PGA Championship. All that's left is the Open Championship, and that'll be taking place in just a few weeks across the pond. But way to go for a guy whose name is pretty darn similar to yours truly, John Rahm, his first major win on the PGA Tour. To NASCAR over the weekend, Kyle Larson. He won in Nashville as the NASCAR, the senior circuit, if you will, of NASCAR in its return to the Music City for the first time racing in Nashville in a long time, perhaps decades. Kyle Larson wins there at the racetrack between Murfreesboro and Lebanon as Larson led 264 of the 300 laps in Nashville and picked up the very first win that this track's had, at least on the NASCAR circuit. A sold-out crowd of 40,000 on hand. And the winner? Well, if you win the NASCAR race in Nashville, you think you might get a little music connection, right? Well, sure enough, the winner of the race, Larson, collected a traditional Gibson guitar as a winner's prize for winning in Nashville over the weekend. So a... Welcome return for NASCAR, and NASCAR now heads to the Poconos, where Pocono Raceway will be the next stop on NASCAR's trip around the country. To Omaha over the weekend, and you had some big, big surprises, at least in my opinion, as NC State got the victory over Stanford on Saturday. Then Vanderbilt walked off a win in their game on Saturday, and Vanderbilt moves on. Vanderbilt with a 12-inning win over Arizona Today on the Diamond, Stanford and Arizona, Pac-12 teams in an elimination game. One team goes home if you don't get the win on this mid-afternoon game on ESPNU. Tonight on ESPN, the mothership, they've got the Vanderbilt Commodores, Tim Corbin's ball club, with a chance to advance on in the winner's bracket. But they got a tough challenger as NC State out of the ACC and Vanderbilt get together for an 8 Eastern, 7 Central start. In the College World Series, ESPN, again, the channel for you to be able to tune in. On Sunday at the World Series, by the way, we want to give a big boy to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They got just enough to get the victory over Texas as the Bullies with a 2-1 College World Series opening win over Texas. MSU in the winner's bracket. Texas goes to the loser's bracket. And it'll be the Battle of UT as Texas and Tennessee will face off against each other on Tuesday. The loser goes home. The winner, a chance to move on. Virginia really had a great performance on Sunday, and the Hoos with a 6-0 blanking of Tennessee in that College World Series game from Sunday. But again, today on the Omaha Diamond, you're going to have the first game with Pac-12 teams, Stanford and Arizona, getting together. And then the nightcap, Vanderbilt and NC State from the College World Series, Omaha, Nebraska. When we come back after this break, stay tuned. Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, is going to be on, and we always have such a fun time talking with this youngster, and we'll get his take on what happened over the weekend as we celebrated two holidays, Juneteenth and an unofficial holiday in 
Father's Day. That's coming up next. It's y'all talk with a Southern accent. Covering all things Southern, we are Talk With a Southern Accent. John Rawl back here as we get your week going in time now after we've got through that great hour before to welcome in another great storyteller of the South, and that's Jerry Short. He comes to us from Takapola, USA, and Jerry is on to share stories of yesteryear, what's going on now, and if we're lucky, we might even get something from the future from our Takapola storyteller, but he's back on with us now. Hello, and a happy belated Father's Day to you, Jerry Short. Well, I appreciate it, and I hope you had a good one. And uh, sounds like a Back to the Future segment or something coming up. But uh, that covers both spectrums, right? It does. And in fact, <laughs> while we still have Father's Day on our mind, as you and I are both in that elite category of being fathers, did you get my card in the mail? Did I get your card in the My mail? Father's no, Day card to you. I sent it to Takapola. Y'all normally have mail delivered there on time, right? Well, you know, they, it comes in by uh, Pony Express. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, sometimes they're a little late. It depends on if they get ambushed cutting through the gorge. Oh, but, okay. Uh, I, I don't think I got it. Did you get mine? I did not get yours. Did you send anything? Uh, you, you'll need to go uh, probably uh, uh, just go to Walmart and pick something out as long as we'll keep it in a reasonable, uh, you know, under $100 or so. We can do that. <laughs> now, Jerry, I'm going to be honest with you. I really did send you something. I put it in the mail Thursday. Oh. You should have got it there uh, in time for Father's wait Day. A minute, wait a minute. Did you? Oh, you. Now, look, I got about three addresses. No, I sent it to the right address Thursday. It should have taken one day to get there. So it should have gotten there latest on Saturday. When I came back from the farm while ago, I checked the mail box at the street, and it was just two items in it, but they both went to my wife. Oh. And then uh, on the farm, I got a mailbox there. Okay. And I checked it yesterday when i hauled some stuff down to the farm and i hadn't seen anything from uh, a celebrity <laughs> like you i don't know if i'm but, a celebrity uh, but jerry it just it just hit me what might be happening i i think i figured out what happened why you didn't get that mailing over the weekend it, i think this is a hoax but i'm i'm ready for it you didn't get it i just it just just came to me Okay. You probably didn't get it because we had a federal holiday on Friday. Oh, and the post office was closed on Friday. And we were celebrating, too. So, you know, I didn't even check my mail, probably, you know. Well, Fireworks and everything. It wouldn't have mattered. On. It wouldn't have come because we had a postal holiday on Friday. It was the very first 
Juneteenth. And I'm not a fan of that. I'm not here today to necessarily get into that. What I'm here to talk about is how Juneteenth has come out of nowhere, Jerry. And within the matter of about 72 hours, this thing that was just a, uh, a a pipe dream for some ends up becoming the nation's 12th federal holiday. And my real complaint here, Jerry, have you ever seen the federal government move so fast on something in your life so fast that this thing gets signed into law on Thursday by Joe Biden and come Friday, offices are closed across the country? Well, Biden can break the sound barrier if you give him a chance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but uh, the origin of this is uh, Galveston, right? Galveston, Texas, 1865, June 19th. I, 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 wor- I, I worked at Galveston for six or seven months, and it hadn't been that many years ago, maybe five years ago, four years ago. I don't think I ever heard it mentioned on the island, and I was on the island every day doing something might have been playing putt putt golf but i was doing something yeah and i was eating in italian restaurants and uh i was going to the uh uh, back bay and uh, watching people unload from the uh carnival caravan ships and uh i'm yet to hear the word uh juneteenth so uh evidently it wasn't that uh at its origin evidently it wasn't that much said about it down there until uh, sound barrier took over and went to knocking those penmanship out that he was doing. But uh, other than that, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm gonna go back to Galveston and check things out. Well, they got a big mural they just dedicated there over the weekend, and uh, it now becomes the only city in the country that's got a holiday specific to right there, Galveston, Texas, which has been a state holiday in the state of Texas. For quite some time, but now this yeah. singular event there in Galveston, Texas, now has become a federal holiday across the country. Only one state in the country currently does not recognize Juneteenth, and that's Uh-oh. the state of South Dakota. Forty-nine of fifty states already at least recognized it. Not necessarily giving you a paid holiday. It doesn't matter now. The federal government says this is now a federal holiday and this came out of nowhere this came out in just about a week's worth of effort and i know some people have been celebrating a long time i actually went to an observance of a u.s colored troop uh, dedication of a new plaque for the uscts those were black soldiers that fought in the civil war and i went to that on friday the day before well the day of the federal holiday but the day before june 19th and they mentioned there in the local community they've been getting together for Juneteenth observations for more than 30 years. That impressed me. Most all the observations I've seen have only sprung up in the last five to ten years. So maybe there is something to it. And I don't mean to belittle this now holiday, but it seems like it's come out of nowhere, even in the black community. And here it is now, a federal holiday with benefits, including the day off. Well, let's be colorblind. I mean, how many presidents have a... Uh national holiday on the federal calendar one they actually still at least on what i saw they celebrate george washington's birthday as a federal holiday but a lot of states have kind of lumped in presidents to become president's day around the country and you just have to think george washington's time of being honored are are definitely numbered and jerry again i I, they made it a federal holiday there was essentially no republican rejection of this in the u.s senate it was a unanimous 99 to nothing 
unanimous consent vote. And then in the U.S. House of Representatives, 14 Republicans did vote against making this a federal holiday. And those 14 are being called out. I've seen more than one article that lists, oh my God, these 14 Republicans voted against this federal holiday. Here's their names. Can you believe this? Essentially, get these racists out of office. See, when I didn't hear anything about this uh, until even when uh, uh, Mr. Biden was overseas. Uh, you don't think Putin had anything to do with this, do you? No. No. Okay. I thought Putin might have, when they had their conference, might have told uh, President Biden to sign it in or something. But uh, no, you know, I'm not being uh, real negative about it, but I'm not being positive because uh, we uh, – we don't have like you just got through saying we got 12 holidays uh plus all the other time that federal workers get off uh you know you missed your calling by not being a federal worker you put it all together and there's probably 40 or 50 days that they get off with pay a year uh federal employees with all the other and and states right behind them jerry (laughs) yeah and maybe in some states even ahead of them ahead of them absolutely and uh you know, I think we have a president that has a holiday in Mississippi, I believe. Jefferson Davis Day still in Mississippi? I don't know. If it is, it's probably days are numbered. It's days are numbered, but that'd be the only president, right, that uh, that I can think of it would, I could say, had a holiday. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> and my wise guy attitude towards James, he, I knew this was going to get some kind of federal recognition. Yeah. But to have a day off with with well, benefits, a vacation day? I mean, to me, it seems like this thing has come out of nowhere. It should have been given, in my opinion, the same status as Flag Day or some other holiday that's it's not necessarily a day off. Well, do you but, know the full name? Yeah, do I do. Know the full name? All right. Is it Independence? It's, like like the 4th of July? Yeah, and they, they threw the name Independence in there. They did throw that in there. So, yeah. And then they're mighty close. I mean, normally we don't like to have uh, holidays that close together. You know, I've heard a lot of complaints about Christmas and New Year's being way too close together. And uh, and I, I, I see that. In fact, Jerry, I'm going to tell you right now, I think Christmas's days are limited as a federal holiday. Well, I think and, you know. And I, I get it. If we truly live in a – I mean, I, I'm a very proud Christian and love my faith. Sure. But let's sure. be honest. We live in a country that prides itself – on a nation of all faiths. Even if you don't have a faith, you're welcome here in this country. And it don't matter if they get out there and they say death to America, death to the soldiers, but we still have to honor them, these yeah. people, from but another religion. Christmas mean- is the only religious day on the calendar, on the federal calendar. There is no holiday federal-wise, at least for Easter. And. And, Jerry, I'm a little surprised that you don't see, or maybe it's out there to some degree. I, I feel like if Christmas is on there, why is Hanukkah or Passover not a holiday of some type Absolutely. in this country? Or Ramadan, even. It's, yeah, well, Ramadan, I was in the Philippines, and they were uh, the American embassies and uh, places that I had to go to trying to get some legal paperwork done were closed during Ramadan. U.S. institutions closed. I went to U.S. embassies to get paperwork done when I got married in the Philippines. And uh, we had to go to four or five different islands and try to catch them. It would only be open one day for like just four or five hours. And you had to get in line, and and then you had to pay them a grand to get permission to 
uh, have someone marry you or something like that if you were an American. So I, I, I flew, I island hopped all over the Philippines until uh, I got all that accomplished. And it was because of Ramadan, and it lasted a whole month. And that was it, in the Philippines. And it, you had to essentially be hindered by this religious holiday in the Philippines, of which, by the way, the Philippines, if you haven't studied up on the religious breakdown, the Muslim community of that country is pretty small. But it's growing, and it's growing in the southern part. If you knock it back down by Indonesia and down in that that part, that's Mm -hmm. about all Muslim now, right? I think so. And they've got some real problems between... Remember the last Miss Universe pageant they had? They kind of dictated how they would dress and how they would do this for the uh, beauty pageant. And uh, that's not far off from the Philippines. Yeah. And it's uh, it's easing in on them pretty fast as, as China is easing in on them in the China City also. So mm-hmm. I kind of worry about my wife's ancestry in that you. part of the world. Well, so. one of the terms since you've been talking about, uh, what, what was that nickname you gave our president? Oh, breaking the sound barrier. Yeah, Mr. Sound Barrier. Since you're talking about him and what's going on in Washington, D.C., we we were told after this new president came aboard about court packing, Jerry, we might have holiday packing. If they can push through a 12th holiday that easy with essentially no counter to the motion, and it can become the nation's 12th holiday in Juneteenth, you now have two holidays out of 12 that are – essentially geared at least to celebrate black history. You got Martin Luther King Jr. And you got now Juneteenth. Those are two black related holidays. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You got Christmas and then you got a couple of patriotic holidays, whether it's the 4th of July or something real solemn in Memorial Day. And then New Year's Day was pretty uh, nondescript Labor Day. Jerry, why not include other holidays as federal holidays? I mean, if I were a woman, there's not a single holiday after a woman. There's not a Hispanic holiday. There's not a gay pride holiday. Don't you think that some of these groups are going to essentially rally and say, we've got to have a holiday? Well, look how many months you're starting to get. This month is for such and such history. This month is for such and such. And that is really growing. I hear them every day that I didn't even know they were going on. You know, <laughs> hey, this probably happened in more than one state, but I specifically read the story from over the weekend in Wisconsin. They've been flying the gay pride flag as part of Pride Month all month of June. And do you know what? They lowered that flag on Juneteenth and raised the Juneteenth flag. So you you have to think there's some people who are proud of their gay their gay roots that were upset that this thing got lowered for that one day for Juneteenth. Golly. Did you know there's a Juneteenth flag? No, but I'm very interested in, in <laughs> seeing what one would look like. Uh, okay. You'd have to look at it. It's, it's, because it's, Mississippi got a new flag and it looks yeah. like something that should be on a Mardi Gras flag. This one, so, uh, this one's a little bit more patriotic than the Mississippi flag. If you actually see it, but uh, okay. it was the first Juneteenth. And again, if you're a federal worker, you got off probably with a couple hours' notice. They called you up and said, hey, Jerry, you don't have to come into work tomorrow. It's a new federal holiday. That's what I was just stunned by, how this thing gets signed into law on a Thursday. I thought it would be kicking into effect maybe two, three years two down years. the road. Yeah. Boy, it was immediate. It was immediate. And he just got back 
I mean, he hadn't been back but one day. Yeah. And did you see the the uh, entourage gathered around him for the signing? You know, it was the a vice president, her her husband, maybe Buddha Judge and his husband, and uh, so you just uh, didn't even know who was there. Maybe uh, Sheila Jackson Lee was there. Uh, John was Cornyn she, was there of Texas, a Republican who pushed well, forward this thing. Sheila Jackson Lee's from Houston, and she's the one that I think gets the credit for pushing this thing more than anybody. But it it's your twelfth federal holiday, June tenth. You know what? This past weekend, we also had another holiday. Unfortunately, you didn't take the day off federal-wise and get paid for this one. It was Father's Day. We're going to come right back from our timeout with Jerry and continue on talking to him. And we're going to talk to him about Father's Day and some of the relationships we all have with our daddies. And if you're still lucky enough to have a dad, that is. And if you don't, the memories you cherish of dear old dad. That's coming up next as the Y'all Show Monday edition continues. with a southern accent with your host john rawl and hopefully for all you dads out there that this past sunday was a wonderful wonderful day for you and it was a great day for many and for some of us who are fortunate enough to still have their fathers you got to make that telephone call if you were a long way away and wish dad all the best and some of you were able to go by and see dad or granddad or great granddad whatever the case may be on a very special day we just celebrated moms a few weeks back and it is a it is a good time of year whenever you're able to get dad on the line and or see him and jerry just like me you're in that elite club of being a father as we're talking with jerry short the takapola storyteller so did you have a good father's day did you get a nice brand new necktie you know i did get some items which uh had growing up we didn't really do Father's Day really strong. Was, daddy, it, was it actually celebrated by people? You know, to me, and I can't speak for everyone in general, but for myself, uh, it really wasn't because my daddy was going to be working. And he believed in working seven days a week, uh, 20 hours a day. And uh, so 
you know, if there's anything done, my mother probably might have got a card or something. But Hallmark wasn't in the money-making business of making a card for every occasion then. So, you know, I'm sure what we just talked about, there's cards for that. Because Hallmark's not going to miss or any of the other companies aren't going to miss that. But, no, my daddy was pretty strict. And uh, I have actually, uh, I'm an only child. And uh, my father died in 69. And my mother died in 69 also. So, uh but they weren't together when they when they died the same year they had no, been divorced. Yeah, they were divorced by five years, I guess. And they were divorced in 64 when I uh, graduated from high school. And uh, my mother lived in Memphis, and, and, uh, and my daddy had remarried uh, by about two years, I think. But uh, anyway, I, so I really didn't keep up very much with that. I was out... Uh, I try school for a month, and I try, I try the military, and then I try working offshore in Louisiana, or I try a lot of different things. So, you know, I, I was putting, I was putting my father's day, which I really did have a good one. I got two outstanding children, just like you have an outstanding young man. And uh, mine called me, my grandson called me. We ate with them today at a restaurant, um, and. Uh, so really, it was uh, it was really nice, and uh, and they covered the they covered the bill too. So that made oh, it. so. Uh, but my wife, uh, her father's uh, deceased, and uh, so uh, but she really gets into she she made uh, tomato pies for everybody, you know, all like my for my son for his father's day, and for my son-in-law for his father's day. And for his father, who they're the ones that uh, got us together to have the uh, Father's Day meal. So she's just knocking out uh, tomato pies, <laughs> tomato pies <laughs> this morning from about five o'clock on till we left to go to the town where we had the uh, meal. But uh, anyway, it was uh, it was really good and interesting. And, you know, I, I, I you know, getting together is a, is a wonderful thing, but uh you know, we just never did. Uh, we never did uh, really go overboard with any. Well, you know how. You, well, you're not as old as I am. No, I'm 70, not. When you get seventy five, you can't. You know, that's the reason you can be called a storyteller. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff. Is a lot of water run under the bridge, and so you know, there's been a lot of things have happened, and uh, things have changed a heck of a lot. So, how was your Father's Day back? Say. When you were high schoolish, it was a lot what you described as back in the past. Now yeah. I can't say much about my father because he's still with us, thankfully. Yeah, but I know I, w- I want to put the spotlight back on you because your father, when he was alive back in your youth, you right. and he didn't always see eye to eye, and I know no. that now he's been dead more than fifty years. I hate to remind you of that, and. Oof. And as the years have gone by, some of the conflict that you and your dad have had, and I'm only saying and pointing you out because you're with me, there's a lot yes. of people right now tuning in that who've had conflicts with their fathers. Right. And as the 50 years now have gone by, I think you have a, an appreciation for your father that maybe you didn't have even when he was alive. I think my appreciation is, is the more I look back at the things that 
separated us or caused hard feelings with us. My daddy was all just work, 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 work. And uh, he didn't even like sports. And I liked sports. And he didn't want me playing sports, even though I did. He didn't like any of that kind of stuff. And uh, then he gets down to other things. You know, he'd been in World War Two, And I didn't realize all that. You know, but back then you come out of World War I mean, he hit Normandy. And then he, he was with uh, Patton. And then they go into Black Forest. And then they do all that Battle of the Bulls. And then he goes to the Russian line. And then he comes home and goes immediately to work. And I think a lot of that caused him to be the way he was. And not over the years, when you said appreciation for, I think I look back now and I see where <clears throat> I may have been even more hard-headed than he was. I think he would have probably given in more if I hadn't have been such a hard-headed rascal. And, uh, but, I, you know, if, if, it got, if it got in my face, I would think I could get back. But, hey, you didn't get back in his face. <laughs> and uh, so I, I look back at it now as time passes. You know, sometimes you look back and you say, hmm, if I could do that, I'd do it different. You know, I did it my way, everything I've done my whole life. And I and, and I even asked for that song to be uh, at my funeral. You know, the Elvis version, not Frank Sinatra. But, uh, <laughs> because I think I did everything my way. And, uh but uh, that's there's a few things that uh, I would do different in that relationship to make a better uh, father-son relationship because I know I've had uh, friends tell me that after I left home, I left home, might as well just say it. I, you know, when I left home when I was uh, 18, I never went back. And uh, I was on my own from 18 till you see me today. And I have friends, they say that, They'd see my daddy and he'd say, how's little short doing? How's he doing? He okay? What's he doing? You know, so I know he was concerned, but uh, here little a little hard-headed. I like hard that name. Little short. But yeah, little short. I'm not so little anymore. Huh? And uh, <laughs> he, he, he would ask, you know, con- they said, be, you know, he was real concerned about how I was doing, how I was making it because, you know, I went all over the country trying to, you know, I guess find yourself. Don't people use that terminology a lot? So uh, I didn't mean to get in a short storytelling situation of this type. I'm trying to make you cry. That's what I'm trying to do. Well, I've never done that, and I don't think it's to cry. But uh, I think he put that he put that streak in me. That Now, I, I can tear up. Some things make me mighty sad sometimes, you know, uh, I can tear up over some things that you wouldn't even dream of. You know, lose a dog or something like that, I can tear up quick. But um, anyway, um, yeah, you're right, John. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm glad you had a good reason. And I know your daddy. And you got a daddy that looks like he could probably have a little of my daddy in him when he comes to business and working and getting things done. But um, he's a good guy. I really like your daddy, and I know you love him too. And uh, well, speaking, so, I'm gonna stop you right there, Jerry, because that's actually gonna be the next topic I talk about. And I'm gonna pick on my dad, and I'm gonna pick on you too, I think. But there's a lot of people in the same category, whether it's that machismo factor or just mm-hmm. stupidity. But a lot of guys don't tell their dads, "I love you," and I that that a lot of times that doesn't reciprocate. The dad, it, it's almost like dragging it out of them to say that they love you i don't understand that because i tell my young man every single day if i'm able to 
that I love him. And he tells me the same thing. You know, I tell my grandson that. We traveled and did everything together. And I tell him I love him. But uh, my son, is still hard for me to say that. And I love him to death. But you he don't call me the minute. Huh? He, you don't tell him that. I, but I don't, that's a macho thing, I think, that was instilled in us when we were young, as far as a male goes. Now, as far as the female uh, part of our family, it's I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'm hugging my daughter today a million times. I'm hugging, I'm hugging my granddaughters a million and times. And you tell them you love them. And I'm telling them I love them. And but your son, who's just as close to you as your daughter, you don't tell him you love him? He called me. He had been on the coast for this hurricane that just blew in. Okay. And uh, he had went down with some guys that he worked with. And uh, they went down for like four days, but they went down Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back today. But uh, he called me immediately. And uh, and he talked, and we talked, and talked a lot, and talked serious. But, uh, but. you know, I, after I hung up, I thought it would have been just as easy for me to say, Scott, I love you. But I didn't do that. And uh, <laughs> and you're not alone. I'm only picking on you because this is a pretty common thing. I know. I know. And there's know. no reason. Fellas, be a little bit more easygoing. It, you know, what if, what if you had dropped dead? Five seconds after you talk to your son, what if your son had been killed in a car wreck, which happens all the time? No, those things happen. You, you just right. could have told him that one time you loved him. And so all I'm trying to say is out of this conversation, maybe we all just could lighten up. And it's okay to tell each other, especially if you're a father and a son and or father-daughter or mother-son, mother-daughter, you love them. And you know what, you know, Jerry? What? I love you, even I though you're you not my dad. <laughs> say that again. You. I love you too, John. All right. <laughs> he's, he's coming out here. He's coming out of his shell. I Jerry was, Short. I, I was running pipeline security out in Oklahoma. And this hadn't been that long ago, about four years ago. And a friend got me to go into church with them. And we got real close. And I gave him some stuff that I had in an apartment that I had rented in the town where I was working. And when it was over with for me to come home, uh, he was having me load my pickup. And I said, you keep that... Uh, you keep that big couch in there. I can't get it out and don't have a place to put it anyway. I bought a couch. And he said, okay. And then I said, come around here and let me shake my, shake your hand. And he said, I can't. I'm too sensitive. And uh, then look, this guy is a physical therapist and his daddy played football for the University of Oklahoma, I think. And, uh, he, you know, and he's, but he was a really good guy. And he said, I'll break down. I'll cry. I said, get yourself around here. And he did. He had tears all over him. And he said, Jerry, I, I, I said, he said, you don't know what you've done for this community since you've been here. I love you. We love you. And I'm thinking, and I said, well, I love you too, Junior. And, uh, and, but, you know, something like that can happen. And a guy that I knew for like four months or five months. And, I, well, as a matter of fact, I've heard from him today on, uh, on the internet, on my phone. How about so, that? It's, uh, yeah, you, you don't just, have to be blood related to love somebody, and and not, not even be romantically attached to them to be uh, love. It's just a nice thing, and so maybe maybe we're gonna make a difference here, Jerry. Love you, and have a great rest of your week. Love you too, and uh, hang in there, man. <laughs> and don't, don't don't make it just about me. I think you love everybody that tunes in. So go ahead and tell them oh, how much hey, you love them. I love this viewing audience, and uh, and I hope y'all understand that. Uh, uh, 
what I was trying to say a while ago, that it's all good. And uh, have a happy Father's Day, a little belated in my part, but happy Father's Day to all you fathers. And if I miss your Mother's Day, uh, that goes double. All right. Jerry, thank you very much. All right. See you later, John. Yes, sir. And to sum it all up here, one other thing Jerry probably meant to say, and I'm going to say it for him, love all y'all. The Y'all Show will continue after this break. Thank you for being a part of the show that's all about the love of the South. we're back on y'all our final segment here on this monday edition want to thank once again miss pam for dropping by in our number two want to thank jerry short for his very timely takapola story report that we just heard as we're winding down this final hour on our first day of the week i'm going to tell you what's in store the rest of the week in just a second but a quick update as we get ready to head to the house here on this monday and claudette has picked up its intensity as this tropical storm that hit the Gulf Coast of Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana over the weekend. It's now worked its way across Georgia into the Carolinas. And now maximum sustained winds from Claudette have intensified today to 40 miles per hour. And that's just barely over the threshold between a tropical depression and a tropical storm. That according to the National Weather Service. So Coastal areas of North Carolina need to be on the lookout as communities along the coast there are going to likely be drenched and winds also from Claudette affecting now coastal North Carolina after this thing has made its way throughout most of the southeast states here, especially the Gulf South states over the last few days. A deadly storm that now more than 13 people have lost their lives and the lives attributed to Claudette here this week. So be careful out there in coastal North Carolina for the rest of this Monday. What's on store? What's coming up on the Y'all Show the rest of this week? Make sure you tune in on Tuesday. We're going to have our barbecue barrister back on with us, Matt Hermans, and he's going to share with us some early 4th of July grilling tips. That will be coming our way, plus Matt's going to give us an update from the College World Series in Omaha. On Wednesday's Y'all Show, the Vice President of Salem Radio Network will be on. If you're not familiar with Salem Radio, 
They do a great job. They've got hundreds of affiliates across the country, and their VP of programming is based in Oxford, Mississippi. His name is Lee Habib. He was a law school classmate of Laura Ingram, and he and Laura together helped form her radio show some 30 years ago. And Lee Habib will be our very special guest on the Wednesday Y'all Show. Thursday's Y'all Show, we're going to have Christian Act, Contemporary Christian Dove Winning Act, We the Kingdom, dropping by with this very, very talented, award-winning group, a group that's got their latest album, Holy Water, is the latest release from them. And we'll be discussing that again with We the Kingdom coming up on the Thursday Y'all Show. And then, of course, on Friday... Our buddy Craig Faulkner will be back in studio for his fishing forecast to get you ready for the weekend. That's all right here on the show that is all about the South. Y'all talk with a Southern accent, John Rawl. I'm out of here, 803-816-1170. If you got something you want to pass along, even when we're not here in the host chair, we want to hear from y'all. We'll see you back here. Let's say we do it again on Tuesday. Thanks for listening.